Shitty IMDb description. A week in the life of a young singer as he navigates the Greenwich Village folk scene of 1961. It's the fucking Gorfine's cat. Hold on to your hat, boys. It's time for Inside Lewin Davis. Let's go. What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. Solo act? No, I had a partner. Threw himself off the George Washington Bridge. George Washington Bridge? You throw yourself off the Brooklyn Bridge, traditionally. George Washington Bridge. Yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of the Downtown Cinema Podcast. Big shout out to Dream Lover for those sweet, sensual, sultry tunes that we just heard. Boys, how you doing? How we both doing? How's everybody? Maintaining, man. Feeling good, you know? Russ? Doing great, man. Say, I love, I've been listening to the soundtrack of this movie for the past week, ever since I watched it. I've literally had every song of this movie stuck in my head for as, as long as I can remember now. As you can tell, I don't have the longest memory. Oh. Why did you tell us you had a voice, my dude? I didn't know you could sing like that. I didn't know Oscar Isaac could sing like that. For everybody out there who doesn't know, my name is Jason Landry, your fearless host. I'm joined here by my two other hosts, the beautiful, always handsome, always energetic, Mr. Russell Wosmorth. I try. I try. Thank you. I you said Millsworth. I was like, <laughs> Mr. Mills- <laughs> Millsworth. And the other handsome, always daring. Mr. Michael Romero, say hello. Peace, 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 peace. Boys, Inside Lewin Davis, we've been talking about doing this movie since before we even started the podcast. I know this is Mike's choice, one of Mike's all-time favorite movies. To be completely honest, I'm glad that we are getting it out of the way just because of the... There's a lot <laughs> built up. There's a lot built up yeah. to this. Like I, I finally, as soon as I clicked play on the movie and it started playing, I felt a weight drop off my shoulders. I was like, okay, we don't got to... Like, we can do this yeah. now. We can finally, We can finally do this thing. For me, it was one of those, um, this is my first time watching it, so I actually was mad at myself for not having watched it before, though. It's one of those, like, I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me how good this movie was? Oh, you've never Uh, seen it. I've been trying to tell. No. I've been trying to tell people, man. I know. You're actually lucky, because I know me and Mike were talking about this earlier. He loved it right off the bat. Yeah. Right? I saw this movie... A while ago, pretty soon, like maybe right around the time that it came out, and I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know if this is a good movie, if this is a bad movie. I didn't really have any like uh, movie critiquing chops yeah, at same. all at the time. Like I hadn't really critiqued the movie, so I didn't know uh-huh. what was good or bad. And I, automatically, just being the egotistical person that I am, I was like, I don't get it. This movie's like, eh. Well, you I know like, what I mean? I like all that beat shit, so that like yeah. fell yeah. right into that niche. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I like it. It definitely has that like uh, hipster vibe, like yeah. under undertone going the whole time. It's kind of yeah. like you, there's a lot of similarities between what was going on. And the movie takes place in Greenwich Village, Greenwich, 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 Greenwich Village, 1961, New York. Um, just a really famous scene for like how happening air quotes for how happening oh, yeah. everything was. But a big thing is it was right before the Dylan invasion. Right, like 1961. Sure it's right before, before yeah. It's, it's what built the Dylan invasion. Yeah, we're we're like we're pretty much like pre, very very early Beatles. Like it's around that time where it's like art is exploding. Everybody's into like you know sex, experimenting with drugs. We're fresh out of the 50s. Like there's this yeah. new generation of people that aren't really necessarily confined by their parents anymore. You know, every girl's not expected to just grow up and learn how to bake a cake and you know what I mean. Stay home all day. Like it's yeah, it's a 
it's a renaissance in a sense. I mean, there's a few yeah. of these. You got the 60s. You got what was happening at like Woodstock later 60s, early 70s with music. Like the early 1960s with like what was going on in folk music is one of those like revolutions in music in general. You know, yeah. it's a good time. For sure. For you know, I feel like a lot of people expected this movie to encapsulate that Greenwich Village scene. And that's why I liked it. And I don't think that it that's exactly what the Coen brothers were trying to do. They were trying to use that Greenwich Village and the folk scene as a backdrop to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was beautiful. Upon rewatching the movie, like I said, I've seen this movie maybe five, five times, something like that. And every single time I watch it, I like it more and more for the for one. So uh-huh. the last time I watched it, which was a couple of days ago, was my favorite time watching it. I was blown away. And every time I watch it, there's something more to find out. Yeah. It's you know what I mean. It's like watching fucking Inception. You're like, oh, now I get it. Like, oh, I didn't even. How did I not yeah, even this notice that? My favorite that? You know? time watching it too. This Especially last time. now doing a little bit of research, digging into it, kind of reading a little bit of everything. I'm like, holy shit! I felt like an idiot. Like, I realize this is what I realized after watching this movie and researching it a little bit is that I'm not a deep dude. Like I thought I was deep. I thought I was smart and artsy and deep. I was like, I get things. I don't get anything. Yeah. I do not understand anything. And everything that I read about this, I was like, how did I miss that? Yeah. This, with this you know? go around now, I think I started becoming more of a conspiracy theorist with it. I'm like, oh, this little thing might mean this. But I've listened to all these interviews from the Coen brothers and it's kind of just a easy, easy going movie. It's just like about a dude that just can't yep. make it. Looking for a, his, the whole thing is he's searching for authenticity. How you say authenticity? Right, right. And that's what he's searching. Well, for. that's what I found too. From when I first watched the film, I was thinking about all these different um, symbols and metaphors and these really complex things. And and then I was reading into more interviews with the Coen brothers, and they were just kind of they were just kind of a little more like I don't know. That's not really exactly what we were kind of going for. Like for example. Um, I know there was a cat in the album of who this film is based off of. Yeah, David Van Ronk. David Van Ronk. Yeah, yeah right. there was a cat actually in the cover of his album. And someone asked them that. Like, oh, is the cat in the movie a call to that album cover? And the Coen brothers were like, oh, I didn't even know that. They, they had to know, though. You studied That's that the thing, thing is, in order. There's a few instances from this movie where they kind of played like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Coen brothers are dicks, dude. Coen brothers, I mean, at least one of that them. That cat had a major... There's something going on with that cat because it pops in a lot. Yeah. Well, to where... there's a huge... like from One of the things that I read is that the Coen brothers were like, we just put the cat in the movie because there was no plot. Like, There's not really a lot going on. Say so there is not really but a plot they, to Is that one movie. of those things that they're saying... To just the just Coen be, brothers, they're, are, cool. they're just, I don't know if they're pretentious, if they're, if they're like two layers of pretentious where it's like, they're making fun of pretentious people or if they're, if they know something that we don't, you know what I mean? Like there's layers of like the shit that they're saying where they're like, there's a, I know that there's like a whole like subplot to this. That's really, um, similar to like the Odyssey. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh-huh. going, finding your way back home and you could even the like, cat's name is Ulysses. The cat's name is Ulysses. And they, Joel and Ethan Cohen both said they've never read it. And it's like, I don't know if I really believe that. That's another yeah. example that I was kind of like, nah, like how, what? Like, uh, and, and the way that they're moving. Oh, Brother Where Art Thou is another remake of the Odyssey. And it's like, are you guys fucking with us? Yeah. Like, that's what I think when I, when I think of the Cohen brothers. I'm like, 
they're like those dudes that they know something that we don't know. At least they think they do in their head, and they're they're just fucking with everybody, which I like. They're the smart. Cat, the cat yeah. was a major part in that movie, though. And they're amazing. Coen Brothers, I think we can all agree that all of their movies are at least somewhat enjoyable, for the most part. I mean, there's yeah. not too I many. I want to watch the earlier stuff. Like, they were pretty gnarly, like, back in the day. I want to watch that stuff. Yeah, I mean. they had, like, stuff that was, like, Blue Velvet type shit. Like, yeah. David Lynch type shit, I thought. And... To be honest, they're they're good, and they they're really good. It's one of those I I haven't taken the time to look at the list of what they've done until you know setting up for this podcast, and I saw the list of films that they have in their repertoire, and it's just like, man, I I realize I like these guys a lot more than I realized because one I've seen so many of their films, so it, that's why it was kind of a surprise to have not seen this one. You know, but also that the ones that I have seen, I've loved all of them and have rewatched all of them multiple times. Every single one of their movies that I've seen is better upon rewatching it. That even goes into like the really commercial ones. So like I've seen they did Dumb and Dumber, right? No, no, that's no, it's Fairly Brothers. Yeah, um, but they do like Fargo, which yeah. I just recently rewatched. Fargo, amazing, better yeah. than the first time I watched it. I just rewatched uh, The Big Lebowski. I just rewatched that too. I think that they do three billboards also. No? Yes, no? Not sure. I might be just confusing that because Francis McDormand. I don't think. I think maybe one of them did. Yeah, something. I don't know. We'll fact check that. We'll get back to it. So, uh, written and directed by the Coen brothers. Release date January 10th, 2014. Good year. Uh, Budget $11 million. That's such a small budget. I and I wish I would have looked this up because I was meaning to. I forgot to though. Was how much did they pay for Justin Timberlake to be in here? When I saw their budget was only eleven million dollars. JT like, strikes me strikes me as one of those dudes that would just do it to just be a. He probably has nice. yeah. so more much a, money. At I'm this trying to be point. an actor. Treat me as if I'm a young guy trying to be an actor. Yeah. Don't just don't bring me in as JT the singer. Bring me in as JT humble, the actor. Humble yeah. young man. I, dude. I like yeah. it. And he did a really great job. Everybody in the movie, for the record, is playing their own instruments. Oscar yes. I, Os- Oscar Isaac, Juilliard trained. Yeah. He was the man. Sings. These songs from start to finish and plays them on guitar. We'll get to that. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Dude's so talented. Um, cumulative worldwide gross. The movie made around 33 million total out of that 11. They, hey. 22 million game? Yeah, especially because this movie isn't exactly the movie after it came out to where everybody was like, oh, that movie's a shit. I feel like the people that care about movies ranked this movie really high. Had a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes for a long time didn't really get the love from like the mainstream crowd uh-huh. so anybody with a little bit of chops was like i like that movie it's great the cinematography it's really niche, the soundtrack fun. everything that's going on in it is amazing if you're it's so smooth if you want if you want a little bit of like depth in your movie it's fu- it's perfect you know what i mean it's it's like it's like a really really good black coffee you yeah. know what I mean? It's like only like someone who knows someone. knows, and then other people who are who are drinking frappuccinos are like, "Oh, this thing's fucking gross." Yeah. But for the most part, people that know knew. Yeah, you know. I will Which, say I did not like that filter they had over the whole movie. I just didn't like it. it's too really? fuzzy. It kind of works it, out of focus. It was the, that's what I liked so much about it. it. I, I think it was, it was the same. Was awesome. So they used the same color palette as that Bob Dylan. Uh, album, what is it? Free Willing. Free Willing they yeah. use the same exact color palette as that uh, album cover, and it's just it just works for me. So I yeah. mean, it's one of those things. It's taste, you know. It's what I think you after like, watching like this last time, I was just like, Ugh, I don't really like it because 
I feel he needs to look a little more grimy, and he just doesn't. His I, skin is just perfect. Everything's perfect, and it's just he's not a perfect dude. Bring it down a little bit. It does smooth things out. I'll admit that, but I but it also gives it this dark, kind of like dark greenish, kind of like yeah, yeah. sultry feel to it that really kind of brings it down. I think that there were times in the movie where I was like, this dude's just fucking grimy. Where I was like, ugh. And then there's other times in the movie where I was like, Oscar Isaac, handsome, handsome man. When he's sitting yeah. up next to Justin Timberlake, I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of a grimier dude. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Let me ask you guys this question. We're going to go around the room. We're each going to give our interpretations about this. This is what I'm most curious about. Russ, what is this film about to you? What is it about? <laughs> oh, you're hitting with the hard ones straight yeah. off the bat. I'm I just feel- curious what you think. For me, it was just kind of uh, a repetition of just like your everyday kind of things. But it's one of those... All right, so to me, at first, that's what I feel like this movie is about is just kind of almost existential in a way where it's just kind of what's the point? You know, you're just kind of... Because there's no plot and everything goes in a full circle where it's just like the beginning is the same as the end. It just goes full circle. Right. Nothing really feels like end, it changes. And it brings you back to the end. Yeah, you feel like nothing changes. Him as a character doesn't change, you know? So it's one of those... To me, it's just kind of just the idea of, like, just life carrying on consistently. Regardless of, like, what you do. Yeah. So, yeah. I think... Go ahead, Mike. See, I felt it was more... It was... Uh, had to touch on death, like, dealing with death. Because everyone was dealing with the morning of Mike. And mm-hmm. everyone was going on with their lives, and he still couldn't. Yeah. So I thought that was like the biggest thing. You also get I like that, that. You also get that touch on like, there's always like the underlying tone of that abortion. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. to well, like, there's just that. There's because it's I, dark. Because he's, I think at that point, because they don't really they don't touch on anything before Mike died. So I think after that, he really just didn't care. And they don't even really reference he's it. A so they don't go back to Mike that much. What? My interpretation of the movie is basically it's just what happens when talent is unblessed by fortune. Like yeah. the whole movie is about you get told growing up by everybody if you work hard and if you fucking attack your dreams and go after what you love, you will be rewarded. And yeah, and he works hard. Lewin Davis the first time. Lewin Davis works hard. He works hard. Uh-huh. He goes to his. He goes to his like. Uh, he goes to his manager's house. He's fucked, dude. He puts in the work. He's he's uber talented. Say so he's not just, getting the paid. Whole, not putting in the work. He's like half-assing it. That's the thing. Well, he's his, half-assing everything. He's a purist, right? Say so because he, he won't leave New York. It's not even that. It's just like there's little things he does where he's kind of like. I mean, he he's, has a, no he's cares. a he's a he's a negative it, dude. It goes back to I think it all goes back to Mike. At the end of the day, though, I think that what this movie is about is like here's a dude. He's uber talented. He's talented almost enough. And it, it was just one of those things where it's like, you you don't got it. And I think it, you go this full circle and you re- he realizes at the end that he doesn't have it. Yeah. And like you learn it's him just not really wanting to accept that. And then that Bob Dylan cameo at the very end, that's like the, that's the straw breaking. That's like, that's like, yo, this is that new folk. And that's almost like the knockout punch. That's that like, could have hey, been you. This almost. is the end of the road for you. Like, and he, yeah. he gets it. Like he, he understands He's he's doing his thing. If he works hard, if he doesn't song, work hard, Bob, no, Bob Dylan starts off fairly well. That's how it starts. Yeah, and that's their big hit. Him and Mike's. Yeah, uh, like, that's crazy. It's, it's just like 
there is this tone to the movie that like life isn't always sunshine and rainbows. And here's a week with a dude who is just an average dude. He's he's pretty good at what he does. He's not the hardest working. Conventionally, conventionally, when you watch a movie, uh huh, we want to see that underdog win. We want him to go see Rex Gro or Bud Grossman at the end, and we want Grossman to fucking take him on stage, and we want to see him get to press a record. Yeah. And what ends up happening is what usually happens to most people the in the first world. First time around, you feel like that, but then you watch it, watch it again, you're like, this dude lacks. He has no idea of that. He lacks uh, self awareness. I think that we're have no idea how toxic he is. I think that we're yeah, that is true. Everyone. I think that the point is though, isn't that like he's a hardworking guy? Here's a hardworking. I think that like he is pretty. He's a toxic guy, and he's pretty average compared to like what the average human being is like in America. Like there is toxic people out there. The thing so, that I think so cool about this is we don't get real life characters in movies like this. I agree. You know, well, what I mean? that's that's another testament to the Cohen brothers because. I was watching an interview with them and they even said themselves, someone once asked us, how come you don't do a movie about a successful musician? And they say, we didn't even think about that. Like, we didn't even consider that. That's not a thing for us. Like, I like how they write stories about these kind of underassuming characters. If you think about, you know, like Fargo, if you think about Burn After Reading, right. The Big Lebowski, it's like all these characters are really small in a yeah. way you know they're just your average people but they're just strange you know all, they're just different all coen brothers movies they almost run off of this like tall tale template where it's not really lead character based like you even the big lebowski you have uh -huh. jeff bridges it's it's about the dude right yeah but overall in all these movies it's about like a tall tale they run like this folklore template it's almost a story that you could tell like oh, i used to knew this i used to know this guy in greenwich He's pretty fucking good. He's a piece yeah. of shit. He's pretty good. Like they tell that story, which it's, is such it's thing, so niche. It's my right thing there. About him though is because like I'm a musician. We're, we all play music. Mm -hmm. You're not just you don't automatically put yourself on that pedestal. Was well, him and Mike as a group were they something? And then he died, and he's trying to do a solo thing, so he feels he should still be looked at. Uh, on that pedestal you think yeah. that's what it is because like what gave him that confidence yeah i don't know if him and that. mike i don't know if him and mike were even so well, when it comes when it comes to him and mike they were only popular in this liberal middle class middle of the road wealthy middle-aged people no you see these people that he hangs out with the abortionist oh how come i didn't see you at the club last night the uh, whether true. or not the the um the Gorefines are, we can get into this, it, whether or not their relationship to Mike, they're, they appear to be fans of his music. Yeah. And I feel like he can't handle the fact that he his main audience is this like middle class of people. He's like a little yeah. bit older, a little bit fancier, a little Upper West Side people that like, they like music as a hobby. They want to listen to music to feel good. And I think it uh -huh. drives him crazy that they don't live for it like he does, right? Like, I'm, this is how I pay my bills. That's how I say it. This isn't a fucking joke to me. Like, that whole idea to him is like, he doesn't want to be a regular dude. What bills is he paying with this shit? Because he doesn't own one thing besides that damn guitar. In his, in yeah. his, yeah, right. In his mind, though, like, he's, a, he's a, the purest musician. He's a pure folk yeah, musician. Like, yeah. Like, him and Carrie Mulligan get into it, and she's he's like, "What does he call her?" He's like, "You're a careerist," and she's like, "Yeah, and you're a loser." Yeah. 
So it's just like, it's, it's the whole thing is just down to authenticity. Right. True. And it's like, he, he really loves it. But his, his problem is, is he's waiting for this young generation to really want to carry him and like oh, support his shit. And they, they're the first ones to turn their back on him. Yeah. So well, the thing is, is he had problems even trying to do that song, you know, with, with Justin Timberlake, that, that scene, you know, when that please Mr. Kennedy scene. He's too cool. You yeah. Know? It's one of those, he's. Even though he can do it, he has the talent to do it. It's one of those he you can tell he's so uncomfortable. And when he starts playing it, nah, he fucking I kills it. I think he's uncomfortable. Yeah. I think he's too cool. It's like it's I'm, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it doing what I I want to do real hip hop. You I'm you, not trying yeah. to sell out to make a dollar, but you, it's like, dude, that was the wave. If you think that's like Motown has to be pop, bubbling around that time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's what's coming in. And he doesn't want to change. That's the biggest problem throughout the movie is he does not want to change. Well, yeah. it's like a, a great, a good artist, a famous artist needs to really be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And a great artist, an artist that transcends, creates the place, creates the time. And that's what that Bob Dylan represents. And he represents that, that other guy, that guy that should have been there. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, we all know him. And it's everybody knows, I mean, anybody who, like I used to be obsessed with Bob Dylan, and the thing that's so great about Bob Dylan uh-huh. is there's an old way of doing folk, and then there was this new way of doing folk, and I think that they really how the movie goes in a circle, right? It like really shows you like, hey man, this is the this is this is the end for this dude. Like he's just gonna get up, keep putting his pants on one leg or after the other or whatever, but like. Uh-huh. He's still in that traditional folk genre where they're covering songs with their own flavor. Yeah. Bob Dylan, even though, of course, he was doing the same thing. But he wrote, but he wrote originals, too. Right. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if there was any songs in there that were supposed to be full-on originals. Right? Like, Not I think really. all those were covers that were in the, in the movie. Not really, Not, because that's the... one the... for in Chicago, I think, was his. No, that's definitely a cover. The one about the... Um... I thought he said this was... No, that was my... Because he was like, play one from the record. Oh, every song off his record is a cover. Oh, so yeah. everything in traditional folk is a cover yeah. with your own emotions and feelings on top of it's it. Bob Dylan thing. changed that. That's, that's, how, also, that's yeah. how folk you know, generally is. And that's actually one thing I appreciated that they kind of nodded to about folk is the fact that they take these songs from so long ago and they kind of just remake them all the time. It's never new. And it never gets old. It's a folk song. But it, exactly. Can it also be one of those things where, like, he sees Bob Dylan and he knows it's over. But if it's one of those things, like, if you keep keeping on, you might ride this new wave because he was talented enough to do it. It's a good way to think about it. It's for like that sure. fork in the road. Should you quit? Should you not? Yeah. And we don't know if he quit or not. We just yeah. Because this end of the story gets kind of I get kind of messed up with it because he gets punched out, and I'm just like. Is it the same scene? Well, the, like, well, the weird. Th- so this is this is what how I took it is that it's the movie starts at the end, and then it it's basically like a flashback of everything that happened leading up to that event, and then that event happens again. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? So it's like a semi flashback. It's like okay, so the beginning was gonna be like the Bob the, Dylan. So thing. when he wakes Ooh, up boy. in the Feinberg or the um, Gorfines. the Gorfines house, that's a week ago. Okay. From when he gets punched out, and then that's what leads up to him just getting socked out in the in the alley, you know. Uh-huh. And it's for talking shit. It, that's Ed Harris, right? No, or that was Ed Harris him, in the alley. I think it's him talking. It sounded like him, but it's the guy. I always thought it was the guy looking up, looking at him on the damn subway. 
It looked to me no. Well, it's okay. So it's the it's the chick's husband who he was yelling at the night yeah, before. Yeah. But, but it's like it sounded uh, exactly okay. like Ed Harris. It had to be Ed Harris. But yeah. it's basically this like it's it's beautiful the way they make you think that it it went it goes in a circle. Right. Yeah. But it's basically just a flashback, not from the main character, but from just like an audience perspective. We get to start back a week ago and see everything that led up to him getting punched in the face. And when you really look at it, not really anything happened. Like nothing too extraordinary. Right. Yeah. There's like a cat. He takes a car ride to Chicago. It wasn't anything too extraordinary. And that's what makes this movie so good. Like that's why I enjoyed the movie so much because it's like, that's fucking amazing. Like, I don't want to see Freddie Mercury fucking singing in front of a million people in every single That's movie. I and I don't want to see the success story of every single movie. It's like, this is, no. it, it was really real. It was really real. And it's like, that's the 1%. You know what I mean? Where it's 99% of musicians make it just as far as he does, if not shorter amount oh. of time, oh, yeah. you know? So that's the kind of beautiful part is that it shows a very true nature of being a musician and not only that, but the risk of being a musician. It's one of those, are you willing to live a life where you might be crashing on people's couches every night and, you know, and just not going anywhere. It it changes the way that we think about what movies need to be about. Like, does there really need to be a breakup? Does there need to be a romantic, like they come together or he gets shut down from a record label and then he decides, you know what? I'm not going to quit. Yeah. Come back kids. And then he's fucking sitting at the bar and he looks down and he gets hit with a strike of lightning and he figures out this song and he goes and sings it in front of Bud Grossman or whatever. This is indie shit though. This is like, this is an indie movie. It's it's indie, but I mean, they're also, uh, Coen brothers are coming off some wins. I mean, this is after like, like they can get, they went into the indie bag. Just, uh, for sure this is like a almost like a what, like a passion project I would say. they did their thing I, I feel like this was a hundred percent a passion project because say again from watching interviews with them they're huge folk fans yeah you know and it seems like they just wanted to make a movie centered around folk music you know and they could just kind of because I know they dabble in playing music a little bit mm-hmm. um, people have kind of mentioned that vaguely but nothing like crazy but it's one of those I think they both might have had such a love for folk and both probably always wanted to be folk musicians. So it's one of those instead, you know, they're great filmmakers so they can just kind of put themselves in that space. I I guarantee you they have music out under an anonymous name. Guarantee you they have music out. I could see that. The beautiful thing about it too is you can tell they they know about music because it seemed to me also like one of those the movie almost the movie is folk yeah. you know and like lewin davis is folk where the dude looks at yeah. him at the end where bud grossman looks at him at the end and he's like i don't see a lot of money here like you can see in his face <laughs> yeah. he's like all right later like that's not folk is like the 1960s version of punk yeah you know what i mean it's like that's not fucking punk rock like that's not folk and that movie i feel like looks at all these other movies that have been made take the fucking anything take almost famous where you have billy crude up just looking and or uh the one Matt with oh. what, what's was a star is born where you have fucking what's his name trying to play Bradley guitar Cooper. and it's like they just what they did is they said yo this is what music is actually like and let's make a movie about it let's get musicians yeah. in here let's have people let's have I, Oscar Isaac play a two minute two and a half minute song Shout out all to the way Sons too. Mumford and yeah. Sons killing the soundtrack it's like there is actual music being played by actual musicians that understand music in this movie which is different than any movie about this music. is what this movie 
is what put me on to Oscar Isaac. He, he's now my favorite actor, and this is what got it going. And he's a megastar. And the reason why I watched it was I was like, oh, it's that extra from Drive. I was like, oh, that guy's yeah. in here. <laughs> and I love him. Check it out. Well, what's so interesting about Oscar Isaac, too, is it's one of those... He's just... He also is... He looks so different. So I didn't. I had no idea he was the dude from Ex Machina. At I all, want, I want to he's get into bald because, in Ex Machina. Let's jump into Oscar kind of Isaac. Bad. Let's jump into Oscar Isaac. We're getting to like a a little bit of a uh, a character moment at the end here. Um, just to kind of wrap this little intro section up, if you can even call it that. Let's. How does this add up? to the rest of the Coen Brothers movies. To where it's like some... What I've noticed is that you're going to have a large... This is every Coen Brothers movie, though. Uh Every Coen Brothers movie is somebody's favorite Coen Brothers movie. There's no... You know what I mean? We're not looking at it like... We're not looking at it like, oh, fucking Big Lebowski is definitely their best movie. You know, it's not like we can think about it like with other directors where you can look at their body of work and be like, like, well, that's their banger. Which flavor do you like? All their like movies are consistently good. They're yeah. consistently well. I mean, I think and all the even, good directors are like that. Even yeah. with Tar- even with Tarantino, I feel like there's a little bit of a like you can always be like, dude, pulp, pulp is fucking See, I'm, pulp. I'm like, I'm, I know you like Inglorious, right? What it's like, but I feel like at the end of the day, oh, I know what you're saying. There's always going to the be that pulp. Or, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, here's pulp. We want to take a vote. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I also think for them it'd probably be Big Lebowski. Yeah. I feel like it's Fargo or Oh Brother Where Art Thou are like bangers. Too. No Country oh, was my favorite from that. No Country. I mean, that's what I'm saying is they got like movies out there winning Academy Awards. Like they have a lot of good shit. And out back there. to what you're saying about like small, like not really lead roles, like putting Josh Brolin in the lead. Yeah, like, I mean yeah. they they have a they have a, no a way of kind of catching some of these people right before yeah. the the bubble. And that burst. was Oscar Isaac. After that. He went on to do a most violent year and Ex Machina in the same year, right after that, a year later. Like that Both of put which him put the, the rocket on his back and he just shot. Absolutely. I love it. All right, you guys want to get into a couple uh couple of category questions? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All right. Let's start out with the opening scene. So our best scene. So best scenes in the movie, I'm gonna name a couple. You guys hear me out. You guys have anything to add at the end? Throw it in. If not, we'll all kind of put in our two cents what we think is the best scene in the movie. First off, I have the opening scene, the hang me, oh, hang me scene. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I got the dinner scene at the Gorfine's house where he kind of loses his shit and he's singing with Mrs. Gorfine. Mm-hmm. I have the please, Mr. Kennedy, with him, Justin Timberlake, and Kylo Ren. I have uh, a... <laughs> Which I didn't even realize that was Kylo Ren. It took me a no. second to even get that. Hey, what girls put him on? Yeah. After that, he's in everything. Another th- another thing of Coen Brothers just kind of recognizing talent. Um, car ride with Roland Turner and Johnny Five, which is just so random, but amazing. Yeah. Also, just like a random in a scenes, good way. But a lot of these scenes, it's kind of like he blacks out and he wakes up in these scenes. I was all right. So yeah. let me just let me yeah, let me get through these. So I got. Lewin meets Bud Grossman, right? And then the final scene, like the Bob Dylan scene, and he actually walks out, and you're kind of like, what is happening, right? Because yeah. I know when I was watching it live, I was like, what the fuck that is happening? One of those I thought where, there was I, a glitch. For I a wanted second. to clap right there. When I seen Dylan, that was just, he looked and... And they actually did Bob Dylan. Like, they weren't like, oh, here's here's like a maybe. Yeah. but like, like when you watch like... Uh, 
I know you're saying where they just like, like like when you watch Walk the Line and there's like a dude and you're like there's Elvis maybe you know what well, I mean kind of yeah. like they were just like yo this is Bob Dylan obviously fucking Bob Dylan is there we're we're gonna try to create recreate Bob Dylan which I love and they did it in such a subtle way and the look of him though. The sh- like he was dark. You knew the hair. You saw right. the harmonica. Yeah, yeah. The you voice. knew. You knew. And then who the was. voice when he spoke. I gotta say that before I made the notes for this show, I was like, "Man, what scenes am I gonna put in here? Where's the substance? This, one. this one's hard. Like, where's the substance? Yeah. It. The, this is this is my point though. Is that it wasn't hard. Like it was super easy. There's actually way more scenes. Way more quotes. It's deeper than any movie that we've dove into yet and there's more material on this movie than anything that i've seen and it, it might be the newest movie that we've done yeah yeah the newer movies we're gonna get a lot of material if we yeah, did. it's just good it's good shit like it was just good yeah. like i was surprised i had a i had like a long ass week at work and it was heavy full of shit and i was like fuck i'm not gonna be able to do this and it was like uh-huh. the movie was good enough to just the it's like you know you hear chef say just let the knife do the work the movie just did the work. The Coen brothers literally did all the work. This fucking podcast is going pretty smooth yeah. just based on how good of a movie this I is. I told them earlier, I was like, this is going to be our longest podcast. And <laughs> I could see that. Just by uh, the intro. It makes sense. It actually made, I was worried though. I'll admit, I was really right. worried. I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to talk about this one quite a bit. This is the one. This let's one. do a... But back on to... Best like, scene. Let's hear your guys' let's hear your guys point. What do you think, Russ? For the best scene, um, one I'm one I think should be at least added that I really enjoyed was the uh, 500 mile scene when it was uh, Justin Timberlake singing um, on stage with. Oh yeah! Um, oh, that's good. That is good. Gosh, what's his name? Uh, Troy. Troy. Uh, Troy Nelson. Yeah. Troy Nelson. He has a weird name in real life that you can't remember. Let me take a swing. His name's Stark, Stark Sands. Sands. That's yeah. a good name. <laughs> he should be an Endgame tonight. Um, no, that was really good, and I, I like the I also like the vibe in that scene of uh, like how Lewin is kind of like feeling it, and then he hears other people in the crowd feeling it, and then you can see his mood change to oh, this is fucking. Ugh. No, he's not feeling it. He was already bummed because he assumed he that he, he was, was going to get called up. Yeah. I don't know how my guitar. He's such a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. That's what I love about his character is that. His character is not a lovable person that's a good by scene. any means. That's and a good scene because that's the scene he tried to ask Justin Timberlake for money to pay for the abortion. On Justin Timberlake's wife. Wife. Yeah. Dude, yeah. he's a piece of shit. But let's. I want to talk about characters. our best scene. So you like that scene? That's a fucking great scene. Tell I would me why. Say, I would. I wouldn't vote that as my best. I just felt like that should honorable be at least mention. in yeah an honorable mention. But for me. Oof. You know, no, I will. I will actually say that to me it was the favorite. Just there was something. Let me ask you this. That really told me about his character in that scene. If the movie's on, if you were like, okay, I can watch 10 minutes of this movie right now, what scene is that going to be? Is that the one? It's the 500 miles. It's the scene where he's watching them play. That's a good question because it would be either that or in the running with that would be the um, scene, the car ride scene. Okay. I think the car ride. Car ride? Yeah, he, I think because I, I think during that time he's, there's a change going on with him because that's after he found out about the abortion not happening, and I think there, you can just feel a change. There's like a changing of the tide, and like he's starting to actually feel feel something now. Like, well, here's my my interpretation of that is that he jumps in that car 
in like a last ditch effort. He's in that car with like a last ditch effort to kind of get, he needs to meet Bud Grossman. It's, it's almost like his last look, dude, I, this is my chance. I need a miracle to happen. And he kind of runs into these two dudes. One of them, a, a jazz musician played by, uh, the great John Goodman, John Goodman, who did a fucking fantastic job. Jazz musician, a careerist, right? A dude with a career who's making a little bit of money, very cynical. Calling and, him and, out too. And he runs into he runs into Garrett Hedlund. We'll get into casting later. Oh, but Garrett yeah. Hedlund, who like a poet. On the a poet, but also like a slave. Like you can tell he's like a slave to this dude. He's like yeah. sitting in there, he's pissed off. He is the most idealist character in this in this fucking movie where he's like, everything is fucked, everything sucks. He's a poet, an actor. And it's like, I feel like when Oscar Isaac gets into that car, he looks over and he sees like, this is, this is the future. This is it. Like I can either be this guy, Garrett Hedlund, where I can be an idealist and I can just be pissed at everybody, which he is for the most part, uh-huh. or I can, I can be a careerist relatively unknown and make money doing this for the rest of my life. And it's not very much different than what his dad did that he was pissed off before he went out. Like he sees his future in this car and especially especially after that Bud Grossman situation happens, he realizes like that's the only two options for him. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a big moment in the movie where he's just like, damn, this is it. Like he kind of tones it down a little bit after that. That's you know what I mean? He comes back. He's yeah. Li- but like that whole scene is like changing the tide for him. Yeah. I, I love, I, I love like it. He only gets in that car because Troy Nelson told him that Bud, ne- uh, Bud Grossman backs him. Like that's just more. That was an, e- that was an ego thing. Ego is just yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna go get me a record deal then. Yeah. And did yeah. You, when he walked into his office, he was like, I'm thinking about playing some gigs here. Like, yeah. no, hold on, yeah. hold on, player, <laughs> go play me a joint first. And and he gets slapped in the face with like the harsh reality of, dude, I don't think this is gonna make me any money. Like, it's not pure. Mm-hmm. You're not the shit. This is your two options: is these two dudes in the car because you're not Dylan. And when you when you, you are singing them, covers, your fucking dude's dead. Your best friend's dead. Yeah, your partner's say, dead. That's the thing is, it's the realization that unfortunately he can't make it without his you're, buddy. You're, you're, you and know? he offers him. He's like, "You want to be in some like Peter Paul and fucking Mary jam?" And he was like, "I no, felt I'm like good. that was him sending him back home too, where it's like he's going back to Gene and Jim." Yeah, mm-hmm. like absolutely. Got a group, a guy and a girl. That if whole, you shaved that down to a goatee. That's gotta be the killer. Like, you're not even good looking enough. Yeah, that's god. Well, I mean, he is dark and pasty. That that car scene is my favorite scene for sure. It's the scene that I would want to rewatch on TV. But I will say, if I have to get on YouTube right now and watch something real quick about this movie, it's going to be that intro, that intro of him singing. It's that's probably that's my favorite. It's beautiful. I get it sets the tone where it's like that song is fucking good. I tend to get this category mixed up from best with favorite. I think that's my biggest yeah. thing with it. I'm always like, because I always bring up my favorite scene. How do we fix that? Though? Like, do we split it? Because I think that people start to get confused. Or no, nah, you put it in good perspective. You're like, if you put it on ten minutes, like this is like the. What best. do you want to watch? Yeah, like, and yeah. why? You know, I yeah. love that that, that intro because it. it separates this movie from other like musical movies that I love, like the Doors movie. It's a movie about musician. I love it, but there's and not. But they're not going like they're not. It's not as real as like yo. They're, because this they're, is a made up character too, though. But they're they're taking shots directly on his face and his hands and his body, and they're like, here's two minutes of just this and him playing and him singing, and I, I they hit you with that right off the bat, and it's like holy shit, like yeah. he's actually playing guitar. 
that's actually his voice. Like, this is fucking fantastic. And the song's good. Like, he's doing a good job doing it. It's not like yeah. watching fucking Billy Crudup, like, with the crinkly-ass wrist trying to play guitar that he learned for six weeks. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, oh, this dude knows what he's doing. I thought it was... It's just different than what you normally see in movies, especially when you rewatch it and you're like, oh, that's that's Oscar Isaac actually doing that, too. The first time I saw it, I didn't know who Oscar Isaac was. Uh-huh. Now you know, watching it, I'm like... from Drive. That's the only thing you knew. He was in Drive. Yeah. Now I'm watching it these days and I'm like, I'm fucking a little gay for Oscar Isaac, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm looking exactly. at it like he's, right yeah, now and I'm like, Oscar Jones Isaac Jones. is a fucking stud. I love Absolutely. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And this guy has jumped over Jake Gyllenhaal. So I think that we can all agree... That uh, Roland Turner and Johnny Five in the car—that's the—that's our f- consensus. Like, if we got to watch a scene, I want to clip to that scene. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's fun. But if you wanted to show someone the movie, show them the intro, and they're like, "All right, yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'll watch. I'll watch some more." They're sold. Yeah, we'll get into it. But uh, John Goodman fucking destroyed, destroyed. We'll get into it. Uh, best quote. So I'm gonna same, same idea. Read you guys a few quotes. You guys got something to add at the end? Feel free to add it in. Do not under any circumstances speak over me at all in the middle i'm just kidding i'm just kidding all right nah, best quote lewin davis so i was thinking no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> lewin davis drunk from the audience how'd you get the gig betty how'd you get the gig betty come on show us your panties show us your panties betty Fine. oh god i hate fucking folk music okay i fucking hate folk music i love that that's right after fucking what's his name was telling him he's like i you want to read him through you want to play the gaslight you want to play the gaslight you gotta fuck (laughs) how's poppy (laughs) you hey if you want to play the gaslight um gene Everything you touch turns to shit. You're like King Midas' idiot brother. Great writing. You don't want it either way, to be clear. To be clear, asshole, you fucking asshole. I want very much to have it if it's Jim's. That's what I want. But since I don't know, you not only fuck things up by fucking me and maybe making me pregnant, but even if it's not yours, I can't know that. So I have to get rid of what might be a perfectly fine baby, a baby I want, because everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas's idiot brother. Uh, from Lewin. If it was never new and it never gets old, then it's a folk song. Beautiful. Roland Turner. Folk singer with a cat? You queer? Gene. I should have had you wear double condoms, but if you ever do it again, which is a favor to women everywhere, you should not. But if you do, you should be wearing a condom on condom and then wrap it in electrical tape. You should just walk around always inside of a great big condom because you are shit. No, do the shit. The emphasis. Shit. You are shit. I hated her. Lewin Davis. I'm tired. I thought I just needed a night's sleep, but it's more than that. What do you guys think out of those? I mean, is it one of those quotes or you guys got something to fucking... You guys I got want? a lot to add. I'm going to go say the best quote is the last one. I'm tired. I just need a night's sleep, but it's more than that. That's, that's good. Of, it's romantic. That, that yeah. kind of, that's just everything. And it encapsulates Every, the movie. Yes. But, um, so, uh, like the, it was never new and it never gets old and it's a folk song. How's him? That's just like same shit, different day. I'm just trying to live, though. I, yeah. Like, that one yeah. is good. Like, and it's a really good way to just define folk music in general. That's uh-huh. like, that is, that is the definition of folk music it's almost like that you're not even clapping for me as much as you're just clapping for what folk is which yeah. there's that under like i said it's the punk rock of like 1961 which is just like the way that they really accentuate the music in here they have a way of paying tribute 
to folk music. I thought it was great. Russ, what's your favorite quote? Um, so I had a few to add. One of them was like um, when he's arguing with his sister and he says, do what exist? Um, I thought that was interesting. I just liked that whole idea of this is all there is for me. You yeah. know, and, and anything else is subpar in life. It's absurd to him to do anything other than play music yeah. for the rest of his life. Another one was um, just that slight joke when he says, I like their sweaters. Yeah. So I have, Yeah, where he's um, like, they, I, I like their sweaters. So. And then the last one is Roland Turner in the car when he goes on that long, long, um, like that long rant about if like after he threatens him. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He goes. He, he breaks down his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, I love the fact that he says, um, "My life is a bowl of big bowl of shit." I don't remember making a big bowl of shit. I studied Santeria and certain other things that squares like you would call the black arts due to lack of understanding from Chano Pozo in New Orleans. You say you'll mess me up? I don't have to make those childish threats. I do my thing, and one day you wake up wondering why do I have this pain in my side? Or maybe it won't even be that specific. Maybe it's why is nothing going right for me? My life is a big bowl of shit. I don't remember making this big bowl of shit. Meantime, Roland Turner is a thousand miles away laughing his ass off. And he's talking about like how he would, what he would do to him. Whenever we started, so when we started doing this podcast, I was putting these quotes down as like, big my favorite lines from the movie like my favorite like long monologues like you you think back of like remember the town like i uh, was kind of just like i was doing like ben affleck 13 sentence fucking paragraphs i get more what i'm trying to do going forward is to just try to hit these little one-liners like you said the most re, like the most mm-hmm. quotable yeah but I, I do like to hear the input going forward about like yo no this is an important line in this movie i have one more to add also let's hear it let's hear it. it's the uh don't worry with you i worry well, you shouldn't. Yes, I should. God knows you never do. And then she's like, do you ever think about the future at all? And he says, the future? You mean like flying cars? Hotels on the moon? Tang? Dude, I, <laughs> had, just that, like, that's I had that one and I took it out. I had that one in twice. I've taken it out twice. And I always thought the um, when uh, Troy Nelson made that, remember when he made a joke about he's all the, what do you say? They're building you a, building a killing machine? Yeah. He's like, if you're speaking about discipline, yeah. And, like, I think that this one thing goes back to when he meets Bud Grossman. And he's just, like, you, just, you can't connect with people. Yeah. And it's just, he's not disciplined at all. Like, he's just so... It goes back to him being just unaware. Like Troy Nelson shit, Troy Nelson has a little spot in my heart after that little, like, monologue where he wakes up and he's just slurping the milk out of the oh, cereal. Oh, I would have been pissed I, off. I like that guy. <laughs> I, I kind of felt it for him. Dude, like, way, I was yeah, kind of like, I get it. I get it. Like, the way he's sitting there. But he was like, I'll sleep on the floor. I'll take you back to Fort Dixon. Yeah. You're the <laughs> nicest dude in the yeah, world. He's a good dude. Like, I don't know. Something about me, like, felt for him. So let me, let me ask you guys this. Quick A and B. Most impactful quote of the movie, the one that stands out to you the most for me it's going to be the if it was never new and it never gets old then it's a folk song that's the one that like sticks out as like the tagline here for, here I agree. it's either got to be that or it's got to be the um no that's got to be the one unless I'm, there's another one i like that i'm tired i agree i that's just the most thought impactful. i needed a night's nice sleep the tired one yeah. more than that i thought that 
encapsulated mm-hmm. and his perfect whole timing. Journey. It's the first time that when he was talking, uh, when he was talking to her, that he was actually just genuine. Like he's yeah. not really. He's more like sarcastic. He really is on that like piece of shit. The world revolves around me thing. But with her, let's let's have a conversation about her though. We will. We'll get there. We'll get there in a second. We're about to get into character. But yeah, I love that because of like we've all felt it. Where you're just like. Shit, I'm just tired. And that's why he's a fucking dick, dude. Like, that can be why. Like, he's just mentally exhausted. He's just drained. Dude, it'll be like three in the morning, and my dog will get up and have to pee. And just that little wake up, he'll keep me up for a second. It'll ruin my entire next day to the point where I'll be thinking, like, dude, I want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> and I can't imagine just really just sleeping on... Like, I mean, we we've all been through our years, right, of, like surfing couch surfing sleeping around like sleeping on the floor of your homie's house like i used to live like that yeah i spent you can you can be the direct fucking witness for this is like i used to yeah. i used to just live out with all my homies on the couch and stuff and like yeah i was young you know oscar isaac in this movie how old do you think he's supposed to be uh 28 he's got to be older I 30 think. something i was thinking 32 yeah. maybe so yeah. if he's in his 30s trying to do that Dude, I'm 30 right now. I miss one night of sleep. It's the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? You know, yeah. it's like, it's got to be rough. It's cold. Remember he has his wet foot, his wet sock? Like, fuck. Yeah. All of that. I I feel like the whole, like the last 30 minutes of this movie is just him being like, fuck all of this. Like, I'm done with this. Remember he tries to re-sign up for the Marines? Yeah. We'll get into that. All right, let's do, let's do MVP. MVP of the movie. I got three based on screen time. All right? Yeah. I got Oscar Isaac as Lewin Davis. He's in every single scene of this movie. There's not a scene that he's not in. That's yeah. why I don't even know why you count another two. Carrie Mulligan, who plays Gene. I just I'm I'm still this is where we can get into Carrie Mulligan a little bit. And then the cat. The fucking cat, dude. Cat There's dude, a lot of cat time. Cats aren't very obedient. You know what I mean? If you can get a cat to just you know. I know they said that was a difficulty that they had with filming with this movie was that um, a trainer even told them ahead of time, like, good luck working with a cat because they don't want to please you like a dog does. I got two cats and I can imagine. And one of Jason's cats was in the movie. Yeah, one of my cats looks exactly like the cats in this movie. You and I can tell you, you have zero chance of getting them to do anything you want them to do. Yeah. You just kind of, you got to hope. I, I read online that they had a bunch of red tabby cats brought on set each of them had different personality traits and whenever they needed a different personality trait they would grab a different cat <laughs> like that's how fucked cats are it's not like dogs yeah shout out to cats though because cats and dogs they're both pieces of shit they're both equally lovable no, it's got to be oscar have people coming for us it's got to be we love cats and dogs i have two cats and a dog i yeah, can tell you they're both the equally as lovable as they are pieces of shit um oscar okay. isaac cast to be the mvp of this movie yeah, right. Hands down. Unless, I mean, is it the Coen brothers? I think it's Oscar. Who's the winner? Like, who's really the overall? Who got the most out of this movie? What's Oscar the? Isaac. Is it folk music? Is it like okay, revitalized 2014? I didn't even know. 2013. Well, they said that's why they made this film was they were hoping that they could get these old folk songs to come back to a younger generation. Okay, so I was. Now, let's talk about... Because I was... I thought it was 14, but then I looked... When I was watching on Prime Video, it said 2013. So that's why I said that. So now, Oscar Isaac did this film. He did The Most Violent Year and Ex Machina in this... In one year. Three of these films. All fire. 
That is, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like that's this, a runner. That's what we call in the business. And then from that, a runner. From that, you go. <laughs> we to, got a runner. And from yeah. that, Star Wars. That's how you know he's a star. Yeah. yeah. And he's not going anywhere because he's like in his prime. He hasn't yeah. even hit like his Clooney years. And he had an HBO show. I forgot he had a little HBO runner. He did a fucking hey. In in my opinion, he's the man. He probably did win from this movie just because he was relatively unknown. He got cast by the Coen Brothers, and then they put him in a movie where it's like it's a cool movie. Like the movie's cool. Like the Coen yeah. Brothers make you cool. It's almost like it's almost like a um, Wes Anderson where it's like. If you're an unknown actor in a Wes Anderson movie, one of the ones that like goes out to the theaters, you're like, that's cool. You're cool well, after that. Yeah, you un- get a cool yeah, pass I mean, after that. Are there cool any pass. unknown actors though? No, it's always no, the same no, there's fucking not. guys. Because I know fucking uh, Edward Norton gave up being a lead and everything to be a park ranger. But I mean, Jason Schwartzman that's ultimately won for just being Ruth. in Wes Anderson movies. You know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. knew Jason Schwartzman. I mean, he's obviously part of the Coppola family, so it's like that's why he's his mom's fucking Adrian. <laughs> yeah, but regardless of that. Oscar Isaac, I think, is the big winner because he is now in Star Wars movies, and I think it's because of this movie. Well, it's because of his three. His he won three rings. He had a three feet. He had a three Have feet, you seen but him in Jer- year? yes, five. Great. And then Ex Machina. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. But out of those three movies, which one do you think Oscar Isaac is the best in? Maybe Ex Machina. He's like. He's I just really feel like Ex Machina. Dark. He's supporting a little bit. He's like, or he's sharing. He's sharing screen. I would say, he's a, I would chomps, say he's a supporter. This is just him. This yeah, is all this him. Is his, this is him by himself. Chomps, like, yeah. what can you do? And this is every, like, yeah. And, if you want, this is like your sponsor me tape. You yeah. gonna send this? And one they out? set him up. They <laughs> yeah, set yeah. him up in front of a beautiful backdrop with a yeah. list. Like, maybe not a list as far as like how the community, like the like the people watching movies, sees everybody. But a list as far as like the act, the other people acting in this movie are fucking great, and they all take that like supporting role to just like really accentuate what he's doing. The only person that doesn't is John Goodman, and it's needed. Like you need that. You need a little yeah. somebody in there to kind of tat 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 go tit for tat with with acting yeah. with him. But for the and most he part, did wonders for this film. Carrie Mulligan and him together on screen, beautiful. Like, so they're good. so good. Let's talk I, about this fucking. John say, I loved her characters. Um, like I love the tear between her, where she is super mean, just just really in your face, but she has a golden soft voice, though. And we're 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 talking about the other Carrie Mulligan movies that she's in. She always is very passive and sweet and pretty, and like she's got her hair cut short, accentuating yeah. that round face. And like you get her in this movie, and she actually gets a chance to like break loose and just kind of freak the fuck out. And she does a great job. It's like. What you yeah, don't know, amazing. what you don't know is like, we don't understand. There's a lot about this movie where we can probably get into this towards the, the end of the podcast, but the Coen brothers, they give you just a little taste. They give you a little taste of these plot lines that they don't really dive too deep in. You know, like what happened with Mike? Are the fucking Gorfines Mike's parents? We don't know. Yeah, they leave these little open areas. Do him and Carrie Mulligan's character do they love each other? I think I, she does love him. Yeah. I think I think so. I'm thinking like, is his like because realistically, like his life is just in shambles. Like, I mean, dude, the dude's getting he's going out for his second abortion. He has a kid with he has a kid that he found out didn't get aborted that's living in Ohio or whatever. It's like you don't know the depth of this relationship, and that's what makes this on-screen connection so good. Is that you're just like, what is like? 
I'm watching it and I'm like, there's something there, you know? And yeah. then and, and Justin Timberlake's a fucking dork, kind of. He's that guy. Like, oh, nah, he, was, he was putting work. He was probably getting his own share of tail, though. Yeah, who knows? He, was, you know, he seemed like he was the man. He was in, he was that he was commercial like he yeah, was he that was, dude he's making one of those like yeah. commercial man he yeah. he's a dude who found out how to support hey, himself making music who wrote this I didn't <laughs> oh <laughs> that part was fun. that part was all bad I just I feel like Carrie Mulligan did a great job she was cast perfectly mm-hmm. I was like I just like to see her kind of break out of her shell and kind of freak out she was ruthless in only a way that a yeah. woman who loves you could be ruthless to you. You know what no, I mean? No, but she's ruthless though. Yeah. Like Ruth- this whole thing that's going on between them, and it's like he's the bad guy, and it's like you fucked your best friend's girl. It's like, dude, you fucked him. Never once was it that she fucked him. It was always he fucked her. But you could only be that like a a girl could only be that mean to you. Like you could only have someone is be that, that mean to you if you've had sex if she, with them. No, yeah. but is it that if she really gives a shit about that you? you that he, she might not need to give a shit about you, but you have to have a connection deeper than like your homie ain't yelling at you like that. Somebody yeah. that you cut off in traffic isn't ripping you like that. It's true. Like only someone that you've banged. Your best yeah. friend isn't ripping you but like that. But is she tripping because he fucked up? Like they can't fuck anymore because she's pregnant now? He said it to her straight up. He was like, yo, I don't know if you heard this, but like it takes two, two to tango, to tango. Which, is, which is true. And he needed to say it, but still she just brushed it, brushed it off. Like he was the one that fucked up. He had to go get the money. It's like, yeah. no, dude, you. it takes two to tango. It's, I think at the same time she was taking out her own frustrations on him though. Possibly her own guilt for having done it. But then know. she wouldn't fuck the old dude from the own bar so he can get a, a slot. That's how I knew she loved him. But that's then that I'm Janet, just like, nah. That's that like Janice Joplin but shit. Done some like, shit that's what you gotta do to make it back in the 60s. Well, nah, it's like yeah, now, fuck. if we're gonna keep it real, is Gene just a hoe? <laughs> that's the Not until you found out that she banged what's his name. Yeah, it was like, yeah. she's a hoe, dude. Like, at the end of the day, I feel bad for Jim. I'm a man just trying to put food on the table and, he, and he's over here getting... Getting fucked over by him. Yeah. Well, he's just banging out records with fucking Kylo Ren. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the sleeper award. So, same as everything else, best performance by an actor with a limited role. So, I'm going to list off. I'm going to name everybody that I have. You guys tell me who you think was the best. Unlike the MVP. We actually have a lot of supporting characters in this movie, so whichever one you guys think is the best, let's hear it, and I want to hear why. If there's someone you want to add, add him in. First, Justin Timberlake as Jim. Max Casella as Poppy. Adam Driver. Fucking my boy Kylo. Kylo was good. As Al Cody. John Goodman as Roland Turner. Garrett Hedlund, who I didn't even want to throw in because I feel like he didn't deserve it, as Johnny Five. This is right in his alley. And oh, this is this—he only has one little <laughs> tiny square alley. It's more like right in his closet. And then Stark Sands as Troy Nelson. Anybody else you guys want to add? Stark was good. Do you guys no. think that we should maybe we should push the cat into this one too to really give it a solid winning chance? Because I feel like Oscar <laughs> Isaac took that first one with a sweep. Let's throw the cat in here too. We'll talk about yeah. the cat a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm going to take it first. I'm going to go first if that's cool with everybody. Any objections? By no, all means. We're good. I really think it's obvious that John Goodman kind of sweeps this. Mm-hmm. He did such a good job. I feel like he got snubbed by not getting a nod for like an Academy Award for Best Supporting because he 
He's always should have had one, dude. Did Oscar? Oscar didn't get shit, huh? Nah, nobody got anything. And and Oscar, he does a great job, but they could have got like the musical or something. I mean, I heard this on something else, but so when when John Goodman and Oscar Isaac are sitting in the car in the front or back, in the front seat, in the back seat, Oscar Isaac's driving. Uh huh. And he pokes him with the cane. Who who comes out on top of that exchange as far as actors? I think John, but I think Oscar kind of. He played second fiddle. Like, do you think? True. Do you think? I know Oscar Isaac is like, damn, this is John Goodman killing it in his head. I think. Do so. you think John Goodman is thinking in his head, this is Oscar? I like Oscar is really killing this. Like, I don't know. I I feel like Phase. John Goodman. It's similar, and I I I, I know I know this is a direct ripoff of like I was listening to Rewatchables podcast, and it's like it's similar to when you hear like Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise in that end scene of Few Good Men, where yeah. it's like. I just feel like John Goodman's been there before. Yeah, well, I think yeah. it was just like watch him work. It's like playing with yeah. like and he does Michael, a great like job. You get drafted playing with Michael Jordan, and I'm not saying John Goodman's Michael Jordan, but you know what I mean. Like all right, I'm playing. I'm with one of the greats. Like let him watch him work. So just to make this interesting, say he's worked with some of the best. Can I get a three? Can I get a really quick three vote just to make this interesting? All three of us vote that John Goodman wins this, right? Bat, bat, bat. Let's yeah. take no. him out. No, no. Okay. You don't think so? Uh-uh. Who do you think? I thought that was Wait, good. hold on, because who's, who's Poppy again? Poppy is the dude that owns the club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, finally got a name. All right, cool. So you think that there's somebody in this movie as in a supporting role yeah, that I thought can it was, stand um, up to John Goodman? I, I thought it was Stark Sands. <sighs> of Troy Nelson. There was something about like the way he played that character because he's so strange. He won me over. He won me over, but not in like a way where I thought he was on the same level. But... Like I said, this is what we're going to do to make this interesting. Let's take John Goodman out of the equation. So me and Mike got to pick something else. Without John Goodman, we got Stark Sands. That would be your pick. Which I, I love him. Yeah. I love him. He plays that just he just plays that weird, just aloof, strange character so well. I will say Adam Driver could probably be taken out. More man Garrett Hedlund, he could stay. Nah. All right. So when we're thinking about Garrett Hedlund, I only put him in there because I knew I might get beef because of just how. So if you don't know about Garrett Hedlund, he's fam- it's the casting of this is almost comical. I feel like they only casted him because he plays Neil Cassidy in the road. Was was that yeah. before this? It was before. Yeah, it was before okay. this. And yeah, it's like it's, it's just a character. joke. Like they only did it as like a joke. Dude, he plays. They give him the same amount of screen time in every film he's in. They knew. That he was gonna be, they they knew that he's like the most. He's a he's a beat. He plays beat parts. He was yeah, good. Hey, he was good in Friday Night Lights though. <laughs> I love him in Friday Night, Night Lights. Lights. Remember his hey, dad just ta- yeah, duct taping his, his hand. hands. He yeah. was good in Friday Night Lights, but yeah, this is like his. Like we said, this is alley right here. This I'm gonna have to say a little I, bit too much his alley though. Possibly. Yeah, it's like relax, cigarette, driving, not talking. If you he is talking, he's speaking poet poetic. Like yeah, give him something different, man. Let him let him play happy. <laughs> he just is like reading poetry at one point in the movie and I was just like he didn't show any passion for anything before it was just really I don't know I guess I just don't know like I feel like that might have been the point is. is that the point that it's just like he's well, dead serious about it well no the the point for him to me was just this very um existential character where it's just kind of he reminds me of almost the same character as the strangers lead character where it's kind of just going through the motions of life and just not really giving a shit about anything yeah. and just 
all he wants to do is just read poetry and but it does he does have that weird relationship though with John Goodman's That's character. I think he was high too. He just high. he struck me too as like being really bitter. Like I can't believe him in this situation. He like be, fuck this shit. I'm better than this. I, there's a big like I'm better than this tone through a few characters in this movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like at least you I mean you can name a few. I mean you could argue that John Goodman is on that same shit because he's on that. True. Jazz is real music. Folk isn't real music. Like, I I like that tone. And he's, you could argue. I mean, that goes both ways. I like jazz, you know? I love jazz. You, I mean, we don't even have to get into that. What about the cat? Where does a cat add up in, like, best supporting roles in this movie? Because you could argue that it's, remember he looks and sees, like, the Homeward Bound poster? Yeah, what's it called? The Incredible Journey. The Incredible and Journey. Do you end. remember that yeah. movie when we were younger? It's called Homeward oh, Bound. Oh yeah, fucking Michael J. Fox was the pit bull. Yeah, where they're like trying. Like Sally, that, Field I remember that. Yeah. Sally Field was the cat. So r- look at this. Not only is Lewin Davis find out that he didn't really have his first abortion, and he does have a two-year-old kid, doesn't know anything about it. The woman that he might or might not love. I don't think he loves her. I think she loves him. Wants to get an abortion with him in just the case that it's his kid. Like she needs to get that baby aborted just in case it's his because he's so toxic. He his well, best no, friend his best friend jumped off the George Washington Bridge, as John Goodman said, couldn't even jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. That's where everybody commits suicide. He jumped off the George Washington Bridge. He's ruining he's relationships with every single person that he knows. And on top of everything, he might have ran that fucking cat over. We don't no, know. No, he didn't. That cat walked away. He might have ran that goddamn no, cat over, dude. It shows it. It walks away into the woods. Sketch. But see, I was thinking, like, it's... I thought that cat was it was like a metaphor or something. Because it kept coming back. Because that scene when he... Remember he grabs this... This whole scene when the cops pull him over is wild. Yeah. Like, the cop is just wilding. Takes uh, Garrett Hudlin back to the car, arrests him, and leaves. Never comes back to the car. It's just really odd. Yeah, you would think he would come back. There's a dead John Goodman in the back. He OD'd. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know if he's like dead. Uh, I was I was actually really curious. I was asking myself, is he dead? Is he just? This is my first time considering it. I thought when the phone came out, no, because like he's remember he's like he's good. Like he's good. Like I mean, when you he wasn't breathing. When you OD, you either just you come back or you don't. It's just like you took too much. To the remember when he opened the door, he grabbed the stuff, and the cat is just looking at him. And it's so sad because the cat, because I, I thought it was kind of like a, I think it's kind of corny, but it's like kind of like a responsibility thing. Like he keeps losing his cat. And then finally he's like, when he's given up and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to get my shit together. I'm going to go back to New York. And then it's just like the cat. Looking. Well, he was still on his way to Chicago when he left the cat. Remember? Was, huh? Yeah. But it, oh, I, yeah, I like where you're going on. with that because I didn't even think about this, but it is almost like. It shows his character. Like it when it when your chips are down, he is really willing to leave. Like you think that he's with like him and this cat are ride or die. Yeah. They're and in then, this uh-huh. thing when together. He looks at it and he's just like Yeah. It was it was another one of those moments where like when I was watching the movie again, I didn't remember that part and I was like, Please take the cat. How the please fuck the cat get the out? Cat. So John Goodman had to be alive. How did the cat get out? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. John Goodman, I don't know. I think John Goodman's alive, we're asking me. He had to be alive, because he let the cat out, because remember, he didn't like the cat. So, best yeah. supporting character besides John Goodman. What do you guys think? You're going to go with uh, Troy Nelson. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm gonna say Poppy. I feel like it was a it was a good enough, like, 
it was a nice little role where he was kind of in there acting like the sleazy club owner ran the gas. What is it? The gaslight? Yeah, gas, the gaslight. The gaslight. I thought he did a good job. He always had like some nice little input. Didn't really give a shit too much about folk as much as he's ca- another Say, one of those he would, he'd, be, he'd be my next up. Definitely. You know what? I didn't even add into this that I should have is F. Murray Abraham as Bud Grossman. I feel like that's actually going to be my pick. The dude who plays Bud Grossman just where he's, he just did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Short did a lot with the time that he had. I don't know. I liked him. I can see that. Yeah. I, I like the I like the John Goodman so much though because it kind of changed because the whole movie is kind of depressing, and then he kind of added a comedic. Well, it was cool because he was in there just ripping on him, like he was like yeah. he was like putting the dagger in and twisting it. So instead of going like lighter, instead of going with like light humor, they went darker, and it actually worked. Yeah, because you're just like yeah, finally someone's saying something to this guy. True. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I I agree that I think John Goodman was. The cat. There's something about this cat, though. Yeah, I love the cat. Love because the cat. we don't know if he... He did hit the cat. There was blood. So that cat could have been dead. But it fucking had just a little limp and it walked into the forest. It's just insult to injury. Well, but like, then oh, he no. sees the poster and then it's kind of odd. There's something. I'm going to find it. Yeah. There's well, something. to just kind of go into discussion about that scene in general of him hitting the cat goes along with the scene where he's staring at the sign, you know, for the town. For Akron. Yeah, for Akron, oh, and he, he lets the cat go, and he well, he's just kind of making that decision, kind of like letting. His that's kid go. very similar to yeah. like, it's very similar to like where he closes the door on the cat, and then mm-hmm. he's looking at Ohio. He really just chooses himself over everything, mm-hmm. which is just like fuck you, Lewin, you piece of shit. Anyways, I, I love how they made such a good hateable character in this movie. They did so, and, good and it's at like that. hateable, but at the same time, like I get it. Like I know, yeah, you feel I know him. people yeah. like that that I love. You get I love people with like very similar personalities where I'm just like the dude, like he just, yeah, he's like kind of out there for his own thing, dude. Like it is what it is. Like welcome to the real world where not everybody wins. Not everybody's going to put you over them. Like well, it's not your movie. This, Everyone's going on with their lives. Whereas now it's just like, you're crying about this person. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, let him do his thing. He's a piece of shit. I'll, him, I'll give him a place to sleep. But you got to be <laughs> out in the morning. And yeah, I'm watching this damn cat. And See, it's it's not. We've like all he, had friends just like him too. Do you give your cat milk? No, <laughs> that was like I thought that was strange too. A little saucer. I think saucer that's just what milk. you did in the six. I think that's the sixties. He didn't give him a bowl though. It's a little saucer. Saucer dog. I I feel like this isn't to the point of like there will be blood though, where you get the main character and you watch a real dark piece of shit, egotistical person win at the end and become successful. It's like. It really just ends up bad for him. It starts out bad, it ends out bad, and he's bad, and it's just like that's the story of fucking Lewin Davis. Yeah. You know, it's like it was that. Let's jump into some character questions, get a little in depth, like at least go quick in about what we think about the characters. If you had to pick a character that you most relate to in this movie, who would it be and why? Russ, boom, go. I would say. Lewin Davis, probably. I, mean, I was going to say, I was, I was thinking before I said this, who's going to pick Lewin Davis, dude? Well, I feel like we all have to. I mean, how I'm not picking Lewin Davis. I did. Both of you? <laughs> yeah. All right, why do you think? I say, how could you not? I mean, all of us, again, all, all three of us have been musicians at one point in our lives. You know, all three of us have gone through kind of just that struggle where you're just down on your luck. Everything sucks. You know, but you're doing, you're just trying your best, supposedly, quote unquote, doing your best at what you love. So, I mean, just with that in general, but I'd, 
it's one of those I relate with him on some aspects, but he's such a piece of shit that it's like there's other parts that I just don't I don't Would you say that you share relate. that like out same almost the same outlook that he shares? Or maybe like something inside of you shares it even though you don't represent it out to, That's p- why to people. I think yeah. I'm closest to him. Right. So you think that maybe there's an inner part of you that really sees shit that way. But you, I mean, it, it, someone told me one time, you're not what you think, you are what you do. So I feel like a lot of us do think the same way. His The difference between Lewin Davis and the way that everybody else thinks is that he acts on it. He actually does it. He leaves the cat in the car. He doesn't go to Ohio or Akron or whatever. And like, I feel that, you know? I mean, for me, I I feel more like I relate to Jim you know what I mean? Like Gene and Jim, like I relate to that Timberlake <laughs> character where it's like, I just, yeah. I'm on, I'm on a better, I like to be on a better vibe, dude. I like to try to, I'm on a little more positive. I might be the sucker from people that are like trying to scum or like being a little more egotistical, but it's like, mm-hmm. but I try to, to help do something he loves. Though. Like if somebody was like, yo dude, I need a little bit of money for a thing. I'd be like, well, fuck dude. I got it. Like, I don't know. I'll well, try. It's one of those. I mean, if you think about it, even they make a joke in the end about the royalties when someone's like, Man, imagine what they're making on the royalties to that song, which Lewin Davis signed away his royalties to that song, where it's like Justin See, Timberlake was, is pretty much getting all the royalties. Like, dude, this dude, just, it shows you what kind of person, like he just wants it now and he don't want to wait. I can relate to that but instant he gratification. Did that, mm-hmm. He did that to get the abortion. Yeah. So it's like he was kind of in the right. Like, you know, he was trying to do something right. Yeah. I feel like he... He had a good heart. Is just, yeah, like his mind's kind of warped. Like, it was and that's a, why I think I relates on the most is because like we all trying to keep shit pure for what we love out of the podcast that we've done the movie podcast that we've done has there been a more like developed character i would say the only ones really close would be russell hammond from almost famous i feel like it's a very developed character very like there's a lot of layers there as far as like ego having a good heart being in the spotlight and then I would say Linda Hamilton's character from Terminator, I feel like is really like mm-hmm. a few different layers there. I don't know if there's anything as well done as Lewin Davis. Well, the thing is, is I think he has a lot of depth to him as a character in general, but he also doesn't have a lot of movement as a character, though, to me. He's the most realest person we've ever dealt with. Yeah. I mean, unless like, you consider like super bad where they're kind of like. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about just like going through some shit, though. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, this is the only movie that we've done that's solely based off of one character. You can find his name's in the title. You can find traits in Lewin that you would be like, okay, I relate to Lewin more than Jim. Of course. Of course. And and it's primarily the things that I think about. It's primarily like these decisions where it's like I get to this 50 50 split in the road where I'm thinking about going to Akron or thinking about grabbing the cat. I'm grabbing the cat and I'm going to Akron to see that fucking kid. But yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think about it both ways. The difference between Lou and Davis, which makes him such a character that people love to hate or that you could say is like, oh, he's a piece is because he does these things. Like he actually yeah. is that guy that we all think about well, being. That's a lot, too, because there's times where I think I'm doing one thing, but I'm acting a different way. Like, yeah. remember when I was I was like, dude, you're you're an alpha. And they're like, and I was like, I'm not. And they're like, everyone was like, huh? Yeah, like, dude. You know what I mean? Like you think you are a certain way, but you're not. The, and I feel like that's him. Yeah. yeah. No, because I think about when I think about him. Well, the thing I think makes his character so well done is like he seems very conscious. You know, it's like if you don't if you don't realize if you don't realize 
what you're doing, you're just uncon like you're unconsciously thinking that. Like, oh, I didn't know that I was I thought I was a passive guy. And everybody's like, oh no, you're more of like an alpha male personality. You weren't conscious of like you didn't take a step back and really look at it. I feel like he's really looking at these things. I don't think he takes a step back until he gets back into when he goes to his sister's house and he just talks to his nephew, he's like, Hey, your uncle's a dick. Like that's when it's just like, Alright, I'm a dickhead. It seemed like yeah. he questioned a lot well, of these decisions. For I a while. think I think he's I think he's self conscious enough to know he is a dick, well, you know. Not, but he's not self aware, dude. But he's not self aware enough towards his muse musicianship. I guess I don't think he's self aware at where he's at. He, I think he thinks he's the shit and he deserves the world, you know. But he's not he willing to give. Him. That's the only thing he cares about. So he's not thinking about everything else. That's like he's on this one one line just trying to get here but at and the same time like the finding that if he was really sociopathic and like really only thinking about himself he wouldn't be so committed to like finding that cat like he really can't like i think that cat yeah. really shows that like he does have a little bit of compassion because it means a lot to him to bring that cat back that's like bringing it around i think it's just his he's acting the way he's acting because he's dealing with, he doesn't know how to deal with the death of his best friend right when he left the cat in the car though that's after he knew that that wasn't the Gorefinds cat. He just he's just like this is just like my cat now. Yeah, this is my I cat guess. now. Because <laughs> like that's after the Gorefinds were like, he yeah. doesn't even have a penis. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. Scrotum, look. All right, who's your least favorite character in the movie, and why, Mike? Uh, I'm gonna go Jean. Jean character, just because I didn't like how she kept blaming him for her getting pregnant, knowing they both it takes two to tango he didn't rape her he yeah didn't rape exactly. a baby into her. but right. it was just a thing like she kept pushing it on him like calling him piece of shit a loser all this just well, going it, off on yeah him. but it may have been to kind of try to wake him up yeah but it was just it came off just bad like me i'm the type of person i would be like all right just get out I'm, I'm gonna step away i'll get you the money don't even holler at me i'll give you the money and that's it we're done i mm -hmm. for some reason i i like sympathize with her character Whereas, yeah. like, in most movies, I would be like, ah, she's being... She, in the grand scheme of things, she wasn't wrong. So she can't treat him the way she was treating him. No, but I think, again, to the point of her actually being in love with them, you know, being the point that I'm going to make here is the fact that she's frustrated because he is acting like such a piece of shit, but she loves him, so she doesn't want him to keep she doing this same shit. shit. She might want him to... That's like, the thing. She wants... Again. She knows he's baby? talented. She's gonna keep the baby if he wasn't like that. No, because know. she's married to some. I feel like there might be a part in her that but she'd be that wishes that they that like he would you think get she it. Would leave I feel him? like she sees the artist in him, and that she mm -hmm. wishes that he would be more committed. And I, mean, I it just that's, that's how not it is. With, that's how it is, man. Like they, she loves the mystique around him, but she don't love him, right? Just, she, if, dude, if he was a good dude, she's not gonna leave Jim to be with him. Nobody's leaving. For one, Jim's Justin Timberlake, so nobody's leaving. Jim. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it's just like <laughs> Jim represents Justin Timberlake of beard. 1961. <laughs> Under that beard is Justin Timberlake. Justin was rocking that beard for a bit too, yeah. with the Jays. But yeah, dude, she was just bad. Like she was mean. Okay. I'm not talking about her acting though. Her acting was great, phenomenal. But just character, the character. and, yeah. and yeah. you need you need that character in the movie, right? Yeah. You're saying on a personal level as a character. Yeah, you, you just, just hate like, her. She was a piece of shit. Like, who do you think, not thinking of like who did a good job, a character that you just hate, like which character did you hate? Like this fucking, I don't want this person in this movie. 
Get fucking Bad Garrett, acting. Get, get Garrett Hedlund the fuck up out of here. That's exactly Garrett right. Hedlund is a, who my choice is That's for that, too. Get him the fuck out of here. There's not really it. a point for his character other than I feel like just the Coen brothers like nodding to the beats. You know what I mean? Just kind of give him that like poet. Like, they were doing a lot of corny shit, too. Filming the road. <laughs> Like that was all just the they road. Knew dude. They, they knew it, dude. Exactly. They knew it. Dude. Remember yeah. when? They, did you do you remember the scene where he just has one foot up on the wall when John Goodman's going to the bathroom and he's just smoking a cigarette and his hair is blowing in the wind? I was like, yeah. "Fuck off, dude." I don't know. I, I, he just, I don't know. There, there's a lot he's that could cool. be done. All right, who's the most irreplaceable character besides awesome. Lewin Davis? John Goodman, dog. You think that no one else... Can, all right, so this is going to tie... We're going to get back to this in a couple of questions. Uh-huh. When we get into... Who could have Bradley Cooper have played in this movie? <laughs> a recurring question on this podcast. My favorite question. Who's the most irreplaceable out of everybody else? I'm going to I'm gonna say Jean. I don't think that you could have replaced her with a different... I You could have maybe put a different actress in there. I think you could have. Who? I don't have anyone up top. I can go with my girl, Natalie. No, <laughs> Natalie Portman's too nice. Natalie Portman. I mean, you could have definitely probably put a mean actress in there. They are out there. You could have put Emma Stone in there. No. Nah. I think you can. I don't think the lisp is going to translate well when she's just like, you're a piece of shit. Like, I, I don't think Because even before this, you wouldn't have thought Carrie Mulligan could have did it. Right, which is so. why I love Carrie Mulligan so much in it. I think she played could, it really well. You could have. You could. I think she's. you can replace her. And that, those are people coming off the top. If I really think it's about really it, I'll got, find it's really got to be just Lewin Davis is the most irreplaceable, and we just got to move to the next question because really I, everybody else could be. Could, who could you replace John Goodman with? Though? I mean, there's. I think to have the style because I think the fact of how big he was, just the look of them like, having to carry the him. The fact like, that he's like really unhealthy. Yeah, I get like that. He had the look. Okay. Who's gonna get that fucking haircut? Nobody's doing <laughs> But, like, who could have played, like, the old jazz dude? I feel like we could dip into, like, the black actor category for that role, too. And I like, think he was supposed to be kind of like a Miles Davis guy. I feel like you could have put Forrest Whitaker in that role. Nah. You don't think? I think so. Yeah. Not Forrest. You could have went, no, you could go black actor, but not Forrest. Why? I don't think I so. feel like an old, maybe, like, in, like, fi- late, like, mid-50s, Forrest Whitaker, he has that look, dude. I don't know if he could have been as mean. But he definitely has the look. Especially after you see him in, isn't he in, uh, what's that movie with Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise? He kind of plays like the dude that knows everything about jazz. Is that Forrest Whitaker? It's not. Huh? I don't remember. I don't think Forrest. I think, I'm just thinking like a look. Like you, well, it'd be more of a character development because you have to go with the eye. Why is your eye like that? Like, I just, I just don't feel he would fit that. Come on. We all know that shit will fucking work. Um, okay. So, what actor, if you had to replace somebody with somebody else, who would it be? I'm going with Max Casella, Poppy. I could have seen Joe Pesci playing that. Joe Pesci running the club? Yeah. I could kind of see that. It would be a little too... It would be New York as fuck. (laughs) It would be New York as fuck. It's really mobby. You know what I mean? Basically, anybody from Goodfellas cast could have taken over that role, and it would have been straight. I think we can... Ray Liotta wouldn't have been good playing that, though. Nah. He could have. Uh, Robert he could have. Hey, I think hey Robert De Niro's the GOAT. But I wouldn't want him to, I think Joe Pesci is just there. Short dude, arrogance, talking about <laughs> what did he say? Uh if you want to play, you want to play the basket. Robert De Niro is too famous 
to be. I think Joe Pesci would have been great. What do you think, Russ? You got anybody that you could have replaced somebody with? Not too much. I mean, I wouldn't have. My, I, I guess I would take out Justin Timberlake to be honest. Let's say who could have played Lewin if you had to. You absolutely had to put somebody in there to play Lewin. I know nobody thought about this question, so it's uh-huh. like it's okay if it's a bad answer. But who could have played Lewin's character? Like, who's got the depth to play that actor-wise? I mean, immediately, first thing that comes to my mind, I know it doesn't work, but I'm thinking, like, I like James Franco. You know, he's kind of, like, uh, you know, a little weird. I like, what's his name from, uh, I kind of like Charlie Hunnam for some reason. I don't know why. Nah, he could have played, like, Johnny Five. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, but, but is that just because he has the same? I think look? if they really like wanted to take a, let's take a shot, swing, let's just take a shot on this guy. Take a shot, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, because he could play guitar and sing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Heath also probably they he, probably yeah, could they they similar, done yeah. Heath. Yeah, but I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt he would have to really show his chops, but I think he could because he would play, he would sing. I would like, and to he see has that. that like he has that look like. You can't put Bradley Cooper in that role because he just doesn't have that Greenwich Village, New York, like kind of yeah, like steep. Joseph Groton's hair out a little longer, like he has a he. Ha, there's something kind of like a New York transplant vibe to him. You know what I mean? Which is kind of what you need. You need that. Feeling. What about Ryan Gosling? Mm. Too pretty. Yeah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He has a look. I don't think if I could have seen him, I don't think I could see Jake Gyllenhaal singing. And yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's too... So the thing about True. Oscar Isaac is he's unconventionally attractive, which I feel like is something that Heath Ledger kind of shares, where it's like, there's... Listen, Heath Ledger's attractive, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it's like an unconventionally attractive. Like, no. okay, this guy's attractive because of what he's bringing to the table yeah, type of thing. I feel like it needs to be an actor... Like that, like that you didn't know yeah, you we'll liked. Go with Joseph then. Mm-hmm. You know, that's JGL. I mean. Everybody loves Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I feel like if I would have put a little bit more thought into this question, I would have been able to answer it more. But right now, I'm scrambling in my head, so we're gonna move on. Yeah, Joseph's the winner. We'll take Joseph. We'll give you that. We'll give you that. I feel like Russ usually wins that question. He always comes out of left field with some weird ass shit that we didn't consider. But Mike, I'll yeah, give it to you. This I think one. I had a couple of W's in that. We before. need to get a chalkboard in here. And we're going to start like keeping count. We're going to start keeping score. Because I try to ride my Natalie Portman. But I had a couple of doves with Natalie Portman. (laughs) Who could Bradley Cooper have played in this movie? Johnny Five. Brad Cooper as Johnny Five? Lil B. (laughs) They'd give him more lines. They'd for sure give him more lines. Give him more character depth. Hey. hey. That car ride would have been way more interesting. Anybody in there. The cat could have been driving the car. It would have been more interesting. Fuck no. The cat wouldn't have said anything. And if a cat's driving, they're fucking crashing. What do you think, Russ? Brad Cooper. I would have replaced him with Jim, Justin Timberlake's character. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the one that I would go with, too. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of just made for him, almost. <laughs> and he can, he can kind of play like that, and he can be nice. Almost like Wedding Crashers kind of him a little bit. But without bit. being a dick? Yeah. Nah. That's the look. I can't see him with Carrie Mulligan. I don't know if they could have dressed him up. I feel like he could have also been the Marine guy. He could have been the dude like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I like that. See, it's something to think about and get used to it because I'm going to ask who could Bradley Cooper have played in every single episode for the rest of I this I look forward to that question. Yeah, we're okay. going to end it when we get a Bradley Cooper movie, though. 
place beyond the pines? No, because we're going to be like, who else could Bradley Cooper... If Bradley Cooper had a twin brother, <laughs> who would his twin brother have played in this movie? All right, I got a couple. Does this... What holds up the best out of these? A few things. You tell me what you guys... Maybe not what even holds up the best, but you guys... I want to talk about how each of these holds up from 1961 to today, right? Uh-huh. Let's start with folk music, right? How does it... How does folk music hold up well i think as a music genre it always holds up you know i think that's the point of folk music is that it doesn't die it doesn't go anywhere it's it's you can't even say it's american it's it's so old that it's even past just being able to call it american you know where it also has roots in like ireland Mm -hmm. and a lot of other places in the world so i to me i I hope it holds up. You yeah. know, it's one of those because I have, and I think all three of us can definitely agree. There's a soft spot in our hearts for folk music. Right. And that's yeah. ultimately why we love this movie so much. But folk music is a lot like porn, right? So I want to just reference porn here for one second. I know this might be a little <laughs> out of line, but in a world where everything is so overproduced and it's like, we got chicks banging, we got porn in space. We got porn where people are dressed like Donald Trump and women are painted like avatars. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just want to watch a little bit of homemade. Yeah. You know what I mean? And folk is always going to be that home movie of music where it's like, dude, every like when I'm a little sick of listening to everything that's so overproduced uh-huh. these days, sometimes I just want to I want to I want to drop back and I want to just go back to like just a good old guitar, emotion, so lyrics. Could you say if music was a woman, folk music is her with all her makeup off, pretty much? Yeah. And you're I like, think that's one way to do it. I, I mean, folk is like the everyday woman or the everyday human being. It's yeah. just something that is like, so it's a little more punk. basic. Punk music is, is the same as folk music, in my mind. They're so very similar. Hip hop would be something produced. Like, it's a little bit more. Like, hip hop De- is definitely. Depends it, which. Hip hop, if hip hop, if we're comparing hip-hop? it to porn, it's definitely not. No, we're talking, let's talk about this, like raw hip hop. Because not all that shit's overly produced. It's true. Hip hop is. It's a. Hey, it's that woman with no makeup or more style, baby. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all for it. I'm just saying that when you get down to the nitty gritty, hip hop is music, and then hip hop is somewhere in the middle of like the timeline of music. I mean, if we're talking about folk, it's more related to like hip hop would be the rawest version. It goes back to like the blues or something like that. Yeah. Folk. Same thing, just like the really nitty nitty gritty. Like yeah, no it's beats, one of those. Cause just a guitar. That's the thing is, folk is so much older than hip hop, anyways. That it's like. Yeah, I, I like, I, I like, I love hip hop, and then like I well, also course, like a lot of so modern new. music, and I like a lot of shit like Tame Impala or a lot of this new music going around today. A lot of uh-huh. new, like anything, Kanye, any of the new rap that we're listening to. But sometimes it just it gets so overwhelming that I do want to kind of dip back into that like Bob Dylan or like I do want to listen to something that's so raw that it's like oh now I remember uh, you can find that rap man yeah I mean you can find that raw shit I get that we're rapping hip hop I mean hip hop and folk they're always going to be in like two different like decades so it doesn't really like add the same but the same thing when I do want to listen if I'm listening to like something that like say little pump or whatever the fuck we're listening to today. Sometimes I want to listen to some Wu-Tang. 
You know what I mean? Which yeah, does, that's what I'm saying though. Yeah. Like Wu Tang is more raw. You can that's do, like you can, make you can, strip you down. Can, like. Yeah, you can push the same argument with hip hop, but even when you're getting sick of listening to Wu Tang, there is that other genre of music to fall back to, which is like folk music or like that early, early. I don't go too far back. So like with it, it's for me, the mm-hmm. bare bones is folk and the blues. So like if I'm going into like the really old blues, that's as old yeah. back as I go with music. Like. Your boy ain't over here listening to some like Shakespeare, whatever the fuck like, they were listening like to. Chopin, no. Like Chopin. No, like I'm not listening like... to Chopin. Like the oldest, <laughs> the farthest back that I'm going is like I'll listen to like some Daniel Johnson or like whatever. You know, uh-huh. whatever. Um, so here's the next one. Does it hold up? Performing the entire song in a movie, like from start to finish. Like, because this is a question that I really did have when I was watching it. I was like, I don't know if I like this or if I don't. Where it's uh-huh. like every single song, even if it was from a supporting character in the movie you're listening to it boom to boom it was sick because it was like a it. score too like that was the score of the movie yeah like yeah. it was amazing and i wish you would see more movies like that like yeah i haven't seen a bohemian rhapsody but as much as i love fucking mr robot i'm not trying to see him lip sync Nah, you know Bohemian I mean? Rhapsody but, doesn't do it. But Bohemian that's Rhapsody. I like, that's why I like The Doors because Val Kilmer was singing. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody like is one of those movies that was good. Just, I feel like, really similar to like Shape of Water or um, a lot of these new movies that are like winning awards that are getting a lot of acclaim. When we're going to watch them in 10 years, we're going to be like, what? Yeah. You know, like Bohemian uh-huh. Rhapsody, I don't know if it's going to hold up. You know, I kind of don't think it will. I don't think it's gonna hold. I up. liked it a lot, but I have a feeling it's not gonna stand. The it's test missing. Of time. It's myth. It's missing a certain authenticity that I a hey, Doors movie. I know it holds up. I mean, we can do that oh, yeah. one day on this podcast because anyone's singing. If you're singing your own shit, dog. That's yeah, I mean, it adds a different element. Uh, and different. then once, if you're singing, that's one thing. Jason Lee's singing and almost famous. But when you're but not fucking playing the, music, playing the yeah. music, dude, that's just like it like hits. You're there, you're mm-hmm. like you're in because you're like, damn, Oscar Isaac's really playing this song. I agree. So no. you turn into one of those spectators that's in the bar. You just stop looking True. at you stop looking at Oscar Isaac as like this isn't even a movie. Like this is just a fucking talented human being. Like I was looking at it and I was like, damn, dude, like this is not fair. And then when you watch it, it's just like you just know him from Drive, and you're like, oh, this yeah. fucking guy. Yeah, I know him. I, this is the first time I seen him, and then I went Ex Machina, then Drive, then A Most Dangerous Year, right? No, uh, it was this A Most Dangerous Year, and then Ex Machina. When but did the, the order but that, you mean personally? The order that I watched. Him, oh, okay. The yeah. order that I watched him. This is the first thing. Yeah, yeah. So and I watched, Then I saw Ex Machina, and I was like, "That's Lewin Davis." I watched Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. So it was Inside Ex Machina. But everything that I've seen him in, I was like, "That's Lewin Davis." So I always assumed, but the first time I watched this movie, I wasn't like, oh, he's really playing guitar and he's really singing. I was young, dude. Well, I 2014. To- I saw this in 2014. I saw this movie, I'm pretty sure, in theaters. Yeah, same. And then I got, as soon as the DVD released, I got it. And then I watched behind the scenes. And that's when I found out he played the music and sang all the songs. And I was like, yeah. this guy's the truth. And that's why I watched Ex Machina was because of him. Juilliard trained. He's on that Pac shit. Fucking crazy. He's on that yeah. Tupac shit, man. <laughs> All right, does it hold up? Abortions. Just an, maybe an abortion in a movie. You know what? This reminded me of, this is a really strange like comparison to make, but for some reason, their casualness of the abortion reminded me of um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. How like that. she has to get an abortion. That's just the first time I experienced an abortion really being talked about in a movie. 
And it's so casual in that movie. And then to see how casual it felt in this movie that it was just kind of like, well, of course you're going to get an abortion. You know, it's second, like, I mean, it was his second abortion that he knew of. Yeah. Just the times. Man. That's the thing is, you know, that movie kind of takes place in like, what, the 70s, mm-hmm. early 70s. So it's just interesting to see like the difference to, you know, 2019 where it's like, abortions are a huge thing where like someone would be scarred almost from that at this point where at that point they're just like it's it was a little more free yeah they're like i don't yeah of course i'm gonna fucking get rid of it are you kidding me and i'm not gonna look back like it's it's no it's no big thing whereas now if someone were to get an abortion like without it would it would sting it would really sting without turning this into an abortion podcast yeah i think that it's pretty similar Today, like when you're actually in the moment, I think they did a good job of just capturing like, yo, this is what it would really be like if you needed to get an abortion. We're not going to go too hard into like the repercussions of it today. There's a big stigma on it that isn't going to last with somebody, but it was nonchalant. I think it uh-huh. it holds up as far as like the way that they handled it. Hitchhiking does no. not hold up. That was no. just, I think that was just more, that was like they had to touch on beats. Like that's Sign of the times, shit. right? Because yeah. ain't no one picking nobody up anymore. Yeah. No, yeah, not with like, dude. That you pick a hitchhiker up and you let's say this, you, you pick a hitchhiker up and you get murdered. Yeah, you're getting dismembered. It wasn't even the hitchhiker's fault. It's like you you were asking to get murdered that day. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. You know what's funny is I grew up in a house where my dad always had like this weird thing, always telling us don't pick up hitchhikers and don't ever hitchhike. Like, and it was just always kind of curious where it's like, why is he focused on this whole hitchhiker thing? so much and then growing up like he had a bad experience too where like some dude fell asleep at the wheel while he hitchhiked with some dude and he fucking crashed the whole car like and i was like oh okay me and my homie ran on the road and we're like fuck let's get on this road dog let's do it hitchhiking baby and we never got on the road (laughs) hitchhiking is like sharing needles right because you're like yeah why not fuck it you know uh-huh. what I mean? Fuck and then once dudes. a lot of like the literature comes out, you know, you're kind of like, that <laughs> is definitely not a good idea. Maybe in the high. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be okay. If I, if me and you, if you, you know, me and you share a needle, it'll probably be all right. Uh huh. But from what I've read, dude, that's probably not the best idea. That's not it. That's, you don't want to Where risk are you going? That. New York. If you're down to drive, you can ride. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and then the dude almost killed him. His yeah. Smack that dashboard. There is something super romantic about hitchhiking though. And just, getting yeah. out there doing it just going for Say it nothing holding you back just going for it dude um that's what i have for a fucking does it hold up let's go couch? like kind of what about couch surfing that for sure is holding up this day and age <laughs> couch surfing holds up even more in this day and yeah. age because fools get older and they're there are no jobs motherfuckers are just doing Catch it motherfuckers fried. are beat <laughs> fools are more beat today than ever before nah they ain't beat they're just fried so how much <laughs> how much does this movie roll over into like just how like that hipster lifestyle is today i was thinking about it because like we think about it right now we're like ah, oh, dude like we're we look when i when i say the word hipster uh-huh. it has a negative connotation to it like you're kind of like fucking you know well because well, but how much is how much is it the same thing like how much is it that like if we were living back in this time how much would we be doing the same shit that we're doing right now and then like there would be dudes like lewin davis that we would just be like that's a fucking hipster like is yeah, lewin well, davis a hipster the definition of hipster is different than what it is now 
But if because we're the, I know were, it's cool. Well, like Jack Kerouac and them were all hipsters. Yeah. Yeah. But, but would these but would guys, we hipsters based now on, want to just be cool? But based on what we're doing now, would realistically, would we be on the bus with fucking Ken Kesey and would we be doing the Lewin Davis thing or would we just be doing the shit that we're doing right now, like working and just kind of talking shit? I'd probably yeah. be, I think I'd probably be in the mix with Kerouac and them. It's, I mean, that's what I would like to think too, but it's I hard like because we're not that, really but... in the mix now with like, because in 50 years, there's it's going to be now, a man. generation. No, I mean, maybe we don't different. know. Like you got, you, like, yeah, I think like rent, they were living in New York city, having their own spot. It was cheap. There's dudes, there's, there's dudes getting cheap rent right now outside of in some shitty no, spot. No, they were in the ship. But now like, and now it's just like, our, what is it? Like, what we want is different, though. There's a scene, though. I mean, there's a... Because I think earlier in my life when all I wanted to play music, is it was different now to where it's like, all right, well, I want to have my own place. I want to live in a nice spot. I want to live in Long Beach. It's different. I can't just be living. I can't just... I can sleep. You gonna let me sleep on your couch every single day and go play music and come back? I always think when we're f- when we're we when we're months. eighty years old, is there gonna be a documentary coming out about EDC and how that was the Woodstock? I think so. And how we just missed it. Like I think that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna be eighty. Electronic music or whatever, it's gonna die. There's gonna be no more fucking what's the EDM ones like Electric mm-hmm. Daisy, Car- EDC, EDC, and all that. A stuff, lot of yeah. these things, and people are gonna be looking at these things, and there's gonna be documentaries made about them. How beautiful it was. There's gonna be old women telling the story of when they were there. There's gonna be the uh-huh. DJs on the documentary. There's gonna be young kids being like, "I would have been there," and then we're just gonna be like, "Well, shit, we it's, didn't, we no, weren't it's, there." It's, no, it's very it's, similar. Do you no, think it's that it's similar or no? No, I think instead, at least me personally, the way I look at it is it may be the thing that's going on, but I don't feel like I'm missing it where it's like, let's say my You don't think that there was anybody our age during Woodstock that was like, this is going on, but I'm not missing anything. Yeah, because maybe they weren't. That's the thing is we don't know that either. Now, but in this day exactly. age, hindsight's the only thing that's 2020. Just, uh, yeah. Like there, there was more of like the music was different. The love of music was different. And I'm not saying these kids don't love music, but now it's just like, fuck, I'm going to go three days and get as fucked up as I can. Like it's different. I want to yeah. get fucked up, hook up with girls. Like that's what I want. And then maybe the today's, experience. maybe today's generation looks at it like, this is my Woodstock. So I have to be there. Yeah. They're not there for the music yes. as much as they're there for the experience. And they look yeah. at Woodstock. It, it's, it looks cool. Everything's aesthetic now. Right. I'm playing devil. I was just playing devil's advocate a little yeah. bit. I agree. I mean, I think I've always felt that if I was alive back in those days, I'd be a hundred percent. I'd be at Woodstock. I'd be in that. I feel like I feel, I always feel like, you know how you always uh-huh. hear it's cliche. I was born in the wrong time. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know that we all probably feel that way. Uh huh. Um, and then to be around like just to play devil's advocate though you never know because it does take effort it takes effort to be like the dude who leaves home and goes to woodstock and it takes effort yeah to be the dude who had who loses his shoe and has the wet foot and tries to go to chicago with just his guitar to play in front of some dude he's never met and it's like do you have the grit to like put that in who knows the time's different music's different it meant something different 32 years old doing that shit now imagine me i'm 31 if i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna pursue this all the way no job nothing it's just harder it's harder to lean on people because they're just it's hard to get by nowadays it's harder now to get by so it's like for me to try to lean on you when you're just getting by it's hard dude like you how much can you help me yeah i don't know like Back then, there was a 
big thing about that's why i don't know if couch and surfing holds up as hard as we think because it's I like think it does because no one's gonna put you up like that no i would like i like i yeah I'm, I'm i got a couch up. i'll put fools up for a night you know what yeah, you mean, like but... it's not gonna be like the lewin davis thing but it's like yeah i'll, I'll put people up yeah but it's different too because they were not to the point that like Kylo times. Ren put him up though, where he's like, "You got a couch, you're not getting, yeah. you're not sleeping at my house." But yeah. Also, too, it's like you have you have like a lot of those guys have like four kids, less murderers. They don't even know the kids, and if they are, they're just like Kerouac was coming back to his lady and his kid and bouncing. That shit doesn't work now. Less murderers because back now then you're too. getting fucking child support like crazy. And yeah. Like it's it's harder now. Like there's laws in place where motherfuckers I don't know aren't sleeping on my couch ever just because of what i know from history of just people murdering motherfuckers that i've done it, I've done it with dudes yeah. on skate like a bunch of skater dudes hey uh you think it's crashing the couch yeah we're going on a trip we're passing through yeah yeah so i mean done that. yeah i mean i guess if, i just yeah. not, i don't want to get murdered dude That's yeah i'm not <laughs> i feel like back then no one was getting murdered in 61 so hey you got a couch yeah all right you can stay Hey, when are you leaving? Two days. Like, nah, dog. My girl's coming. The only reason why you got to go is because my girl's coming. Like, okay. Last question before we kind of wrap this thing up. Do all these events in this movie, everything that happens to Lewin, all this stuff, the shit that you get to really see in hindsight with Bob Dylan coming into the movie, do these things make Lewin a true folk singer? Like, do you think that the point of this, like, not a point, but maybe like an underlying little mini point in this movie is that, like, Lewin really is a, tr- he really is folk. He, yeah. he is yeah. the definition of folk. Yeah, absolutely. He is, he embodies it. Like, he is punk rock. You know what I mean? He's the dude That's that, the he lives it. Like, he walks it, he talks it, he fucking lives it. Yeah. Walks it, talks it, is toxic. <laughs> yeah, toxic. Exactly. exactly. It's like, yeah, would you so. say that, like, especially, and then, there is that Bob Dylan transition that you can see at the end where it's like, okay, we're we're launching into a new, this is, it's only because of hindsight, because we know of Bob Dylan and they were so obvious and like, this is Bob Dylan, that it was, it was pretty obvious to me that they were being like, the tide is turning and like, this is the last of like a dying breed of like people that were really, really about it. But see, yeah. and also like people that made it stood for something too. Like they were really conscious this guy was just—he was pretty much like, yeah, "I'm just trying to get a check." But most people so, were like that. Hey, Mrs. Kennedy, like, no, but, but it meant like, a lot to him. Like it did. Like, like there, he wasn't like fighting civil rights. Like this dude was really trying to get a check. So is he really fuck? Is he? Does he embody? It? I I think because he really is. He's what he that he thought Jim was like them just trying to sell out and get a check. That's all he wanted. In a sense, dude, but I didn't take it that way. I, but and I'm saying in hindsight, now you take a step back and you look at it. Yeah, he wasn't really fighting for nothing. He just wanted a check. No, he just wanted to make a living. That's, and there's nothing wrong. with But him. not no, because or else he, or else he would have took Grossman's offer for being in that in that fucking three piece. Well, he wanted to do it his way, and he turned it down because I no, know, but he's, either wanted to do it his way or he want like I I do think that under all of it, like he really did care a lot about like yo keeping it pure and like you guys are selling out you guys are fucking being careerist uh-huh you this is just a hobby for you this is what i do for a living yeah i know he said like all oh, this is how i pay rent he's not really paying rent but like, <laughs> yeah. at one end like i i think that 
he was trying to make money. But I think that he just wanted to be a musician for a living. Like I think that was his goal. Not necessarily to get rich and famous, which would be like the Jim and Gene thing where it's like they're trying to get rich. They're to a point where people really have an audience. I think he was just like, dude, I just want to pay the bills. And so he, couldn't. He, have, he wouldn't have survived in that Dylan era then because that was really political. Well, and, and especially, like, especially because that later the, on in the years, yeah, yeah he would have had like, to have stepped yeah, up. And he showed no signs of. Dylan cha- Dylan shook the game up so hard because he started actually writing his own music. And Dylan changed folk. He brought an electric guitar into folk music. He's the first person to bring an electric guitar uh-huh. into folk. And it's like, he just basically stomped everything out. You know, like, if yeah. you follow Dylan shit traditionally, like, he pretty much was the end. He, Dylan was like the Altamont of folk. You know what I mean? Like, what Altamont was to the hippie area. That's what Bob Dylan was to folk music. Like he just pretty much, this is still folk and I'm taking all of these old traditions and ideas, but I'm going to just stomp it out and do it my own way. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going mainst- to make it mainstream. Uh, yeah. I'm going to form them into the era. Nobody else from time. that era is selling out arenas still to this day. Yeah. Dylan yeah. had a lot of cool factor too. He was cool. Let's do uh, a final so thoughts cool. on the movie. Russ, what do you got? What do you think if you had to give it, let's just, Let's go a little deeper into these like final thoughts from here on okay. out. What do you think? Let's do let's do a you guys want to do a one out of ten or do you want to like a do it A to F? A minus B minus blah 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 blah. What do you guys think is the best hmm. way to do it? I think that we should go one out of ten. Point fives are allowed. Okay. And then we'll just do compared to the movies that we've done, or just movies in general. What do you want to give it? always harder because it's like what's a 10 that's really Shawshank I would say Shawshank is always a 10 I mean on a movie podcast where like our goal is to critique like the best movies ever made it's like Shawshank's gotta be like the top yeah which we'll never do we'll never do Shawshank if we do for fun I don't know we're never gonna be ready (laughs) that's an argument for another day whether or not Shawshank is the real genuine 10 but it's like it's the best movie ever fucking made absolutely in my opinion but I know Mike would definitely disagree with that. I don't disagree. No? no? I don't think it's the best movie ever made, but I think it's one of them. It has to be like the most complete. But anyways. Yeah, I tend to, that's the thing. I tend to look at my favorite. It's always biased for me. I yeah. tend to look yeah. at my favorite opposed to. So Inside Lewin Davis. Let's do one out let's of do ten. A to, a to F. What, what, what grade do you give it? That way, that way a lot of movies can get similar grades. It's fine. Yeah. Don't have to. Okay. A to F. What do you give it, Russ? I give it a B plus. Okay, why? Um, say so it was a really good movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it was definitely better than average, but I don't think it was a great. Okay, but Fair it's enough. one of those. And for me, it's it's also not the best Coen Brothers film either. So that's why it kind of knocks it down a little bit. Is but I still, I still really enjoyed it nonetheless. But and just in defense, I will say that the Coen Brothers make their their top ten directors for me. So to not be a to not be a Coen brother, that's like to that's like to say like oh, I love Jaws, but it's not Spielberg's best movie type of thing like Coen sure. Brothers are fucking fantastic just because just because Inside Lewin Davis isn't their best movie in your opinion 
doesn't mean that Inside Llewyn Davis isn't a fantastic movie. We can just yeah. say that, right? I mean, they're 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 up there with like the greats, right? You hear Coen Brothers, you're like, dude, fuck, everyone knows. My girlfriend's heard of the Coen Brothers, right? She doesn't like movies, so yeah. What do you I think? Give it an a minus, and it's not. I'm not. That's me not comparing it to. other You picked movies. it, so I hope that you'd put it. Yeah, it's, it's me not comparing it to other movies though. But I think it's an a minus just for everything. The them playing the instruments, singing, the songs being great. Oscar Isaac turning into what he is now. You know what I mean? And I think this movie does hold up. Like, it can be in a conversation with other Coen Brothers movies. It's 100% in a conversation with every Coen Brothers movie. That's the beauty of the Coen yeah. Brothers. Is I put it in a conversation. In the same conversation. Yeah. Quick fact. T-Bone Burnett, who does the music for this movie, great uh-huh. musician. When he was casting Oscar Isaac, he like sat down in a room with him when they were trying to see if he was the right person for the role, put on a Tom Waits album and walked out of the room for an hour, made him listen to an entire Tom Waits album in silence. Shout out to Tom Waits too. He doesn't get the love, but my man Jim Jarmusch gives him that love. I'm going to go. We're going to hit a Jim Jarmusch film once. Oh, Jim Jarmusch. I'm going to go with. That's Jim Jarmusch. He said I'll take that for the record. Put it. It's on record. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the solid B plus, and that's. I feel like as we get through these movies, we're gonna realize that a B plus is like a very very high. Ranking. I think you gotta give yeah. the movie its grade, and in the movie though, you can't compare it to other stuff. It's like is it a, is it a? I think it's an A minus movie. I get I get I give yeah. it a B plus just based on how I feel when I watch it. Just everything going on. It's a beautiful movie. Your heart gives it a B plus. It's just it's what it's got to be for me. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give like. What would have been? What would have made you give it an A? Just to give it to put it up into the A minus zone. It's just it's the overall. It's like the overall movie. It's like uh, everything wrapped. It. Like I would give like Good Will Hunting a minus. I'd and that's like my favorite movie. Well, I, no, what, what would put this movie? What would bump it up to an A? Make me cry. Yeah, maybe go a little bit more, make it a little bit more emotional or like just a little something extra, which I know that's the thing that makes this movie so good is yeah. like that baseline. But you don't like him so much is why he can't make you cry. I don't know what it is. Like, I just, I just well, feel like it was the, the reason why I don't give this movie, put it in the A's is because it just didn't get me on the first time. And I feel like as a director, like a great movie, it's going to inca- it's gonna get you right off the bat. And it's just like, it's one of those movies that needs a little bit of evaluation. That's the only thing kind of pulling it back. And I love those because there is movies like that. Like I take those, any, any Jordan Peele movie, I'll rank those A's, both Jordan Peele movies. And it's like, they're very similar in the sense that they need a little bit of evaluation to make them A's, but it, I, I still felt a little bit more like in when I was in for the first time. Get ready because I'm bringing out Mother for your ass. Don't I? My worst. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to hear me rip a movie, let's do Mother. All right. Uh, not when you do that research. I fucking hate it. I, I've done research on Mother. Anyways, Downtown Cinema Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Everybody, say thank you. Thanks, Give guys. Love. Give Appreciate the love. Appreciate you guys for showing us love. Next week. Whoever's out there. Next week, next Tuesday, it's going to be my pick. We're going to be doing Rush. I'm Tom Sawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. I'll see you all there. Peace. Later, guys.